2: spirited Tuesday edition of Sports Talk Mississippi. We welcome you to Wednesday alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. Thank you for being with us. You want to be part of the conversation? The C Spire text line is the best way to do it. 601-879-4395 Be honest. You know your business deserves better. So get better with the C Spire business internet and phone bundle backed by real support. The IT experts at C Spire Equip your organization with reliable, high-speed Internet and industry-leading VoIP phone systems, plus 24-7 local support, so you can focus on your goals. They've got connectivity covered. See how C can power your success today at cspire.com business. I can personally vouch for the business services uh, from C It's what my wife uses at her store. Uh, there have been very few occasions where we needed support. But when you do, that, that's what you get. You you call your representative. You call the professional that is handling your account, and they take care of whatever it is that uh, that needs to be taken care of, and in a timely fashion. So, hey, Dad, I gotta ask, why were you sitting there right before the show began? Looking so angry. I mean, did somebody call you little brother or something? What, what? Like, I, I was just watching you a minute ago, and you were just slouched down in your chair, and you looked like you wanted to punch the the video screen. What's going on? I
3: I, I didn't realize I was angry. I'm I'm watching this game here. Other than that, I'm I'm, but I have no real uh, emotional stake in it. So uh,
2: you must be mad at
3: the game. Well, I mean, I'm not though. I mean, I have no no stake in it. It's, I'm just watching to see who Chelsea is going to play next. So. I mean, I'm, I, I didn't realize I looked angry. That
2: yeah, you, you did. Say. You did. takes Supposedly, it takes less energy to smile than it does to frown. So, yeah, just f- food for thought. I'm trying to burn. I'm just trying to burn some calories. So, you know,
3: we will we'll, we'll, we'll stay angry. <laughs> there.
4: Hey, uh, Borky, what's up? Uh, so, I love the Pacific Northwest. Avoid the big cities up there because you know all that stuff going on. But I mean, the hiking and. If you're by the ocean, you just see whales all the time. Like It's a beautiful part of this country. But I didn't know I moved there. I mean, (laughs) it's the middle of April. I got a jacket on. It's cold outside. We've got lows in the 40s coming up. What happened? It will be short-lived,
2: as they might say in England. It won't last long. It'll be real warm, real fast, real soon. You'll, you'll be sweating soon enough I, I I guarantee it yeah this is your kind of uh this is your kind of weather isn't it hey Dave? oh yeah love it love it can't can't get enough of it and and yet before Six we came on borky yeah, I said the exact same you. I was like what's up with the cold weather I thought we were past this
4: yeah I mean two months ago if I'd have gotten 63 I'd have been pumped now it's like what what is this yeah I
3: always feel yeah. like we have one last cold blast left but if this is it it's just getting into the 60s. That's not that bad.
4: I do have to remember a time not long ago when it was 7 degrees outside. And I was worried about getting to work for that week. Well, at least Richard and I were worried about getting to work. Um, I wasn't worried about it. <laughs> I wouldn't say I worried about it. but uh, So it's that lost on me that we are not far removed from ice being frozen solid on everything for almost an entire week so yeah let's see here Friday in Starkville a high of 64
2: a low of 47 and cloudy Ugh. see that that's starting to get cold s- on Saturday a high of 65 a low of 43. With morning showers, chance of rain forty-seven percent. But what with a uh, a four p.m. first pitch, probably not an issue there. And then on Sunday, a high of sixty-six, a low of forty on Sunday night. But uh, what one o'clock? One o'clock or two? O'clock, I think it's one o'clock first pitch on uh, on Sunday, one or two, and uh, partly cloudy. So, not like the best forecast in the history of the world, but given the fact that was it two years ago or four years ago? Or maybe it was three. I I don't know. Some number, relatively small number of years ago, when Mississippi State and Ole Miss met in, I think, week two of SEC play, it sleeted and snowed during the game and never got out of the 30s. Do you remember that? Uh
3: I don't remember that. I remember, you know, two seasons ago in Oxford, it rained a lot on a Friday and Saturday, uh, and we ended up having. I think we remember we had the fog delay during the Friday night game. They got everybody hot and bothered because everybody thought Ole Miss was stalling the game to get Ethan Small out of there. And uh, then Saturday it rained, and, and but
4: Sunday I think we had decent weather. I remember that cold series of yeah, Starfield because I, I played in a, scram- a charity scramble that morning. And I was just freezing, and in both of our carts, we had the game up on a phone so we could you know, check every so often. And I remember there being nobody there, really, uh, compared to what's going to be there this weekend, especially. There was nobody there. We were freezing our tails off, and when they'd cut to the crowd, people were wrapped up in blankets and stuff.
2: Yeah. I want to say it was like 38 and sleeting. I just don't remember exactly how long. I want to say that that would have been – so it was supposed to be last year. So we're in 2021, so it would have been an even number year because the series was supposed to be in Sarkville last year, 2020. So it was either 2018 or 2016. Maybe
3: it was 2016. Oh, it was 2018. I don't know if it it was, I don't remember sleep, but it was. I remember that day, State had a scrimmage. And, you know, the baseball team was bad that year early in the season. That old Miss Series is when it turned around. And so we all went to the scrimmage and we're like, we'll just get over the baseball game when we get there. And I remember looking at my phone, going, "It's like four nothing," and people, are, "Oh, misses up." No, State's winning because they had to play. They had to cancel the Friday night game. They played a Saturday double header, and yeah, that that's got to be it because it was freezing cold that day.
2: Yeah. Okay. So 2018. That that sounds right because I don't feel like yeah. it was that long ago. Well,
3: 2016 was was also a Super Bulldog weekend, and that, the weather I remember being good for that. So no, that's not it. I got you.
2: So, uh, obviously, we're talking about this because you've got Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and now with midweek action in the rearview mirror, we can uh, really turn all of our attention to the series that is coming up this weekend. Aaron Fitt is going to join us in about 20 minutes, and uh, we will talk with him about this series this weekend and also about some of the other things that are happening in college baseball, uh, how confident he is that Ole Miss and Mississippi State and uh, are hosts, uh, what it's got to take for Southern Miss to uh, perhaps uh, get one of those host spots as well, what's on the line, et cetera. So that's coming up with Aaron Fitt from D1 Baseball at 3.37. couple of midweek games last night, and things got weird in Starkville. They got that's weird, and it. it got late. Yeah.
3: <laughs> felt like I should have been home a solid 45 minutes earlier than I was. But, yeah, State wins at 18-10. to a game that was, you know, a relatively normal game until the bottom of the eighth, where State explodes for 12 runs to just one of the weirdest. I mean, they scored what four runs on wild pitches. You had Kellum Clark come up and hit a absolute tank into the left field lounge uh, for his first career home run, and so it's 18 to three. Okay, we're getting out of here. Nope, State's bullpen was unable. Yes, you know, so they they had some of those younger guys out there that we, that Chris Limonas was talking about. Well, this on Monday, and they just couldn't get the job done to the point where I was almost positive they were a pitching change away from Landon Sims having to come in and just shut the door. Uh, but they found they they were they were able to get out of it and get out of there with a what should have been a much easier win, but a, a relatively
2: easy win all the same. State jumped out to a one 0 lead with a Rowdy Jordan home run in the bottom of the first. Arkansas State tied it in the top of the second, so one one. They then took a two to one lead, and then a three to one lead with a couple of hits in the third inning, and then Mississippi State uh, started kind of scratching away. Uh, sacrifice fly for Logan Tanner to make it three to two. Logan Forsythe with a home run in the fifth to make it three to three. Logan Forsythe with the two run double in the sixth to make it five to three. That must be uh, a grand Tanner. slam
3: by about six inches. Really? Is that close? Yeah, right, right off the uh, the right field facade. There, he he just he missed the top of the wall by about six inches. He, it was it was almost a grand slam. Yeah.
2: Logan Tanner gets an RBI, reaches on an error in the seventh inning to put Mississippi State in front, six to three. In the top of or the bottom of the eighth inning, uh, Mississippi State goes crazy. So they're ahead six to three going into the bottom of the eighth. Compass hits a home run to make it seven to three. Rowdy Jordan gets an RBI double to left to make it 8-3. He scores, uh, see, Forsythe scores on a wild pitch to make it 9-3. Rowdy Jordan scores on a wild pitch to make it 10-3. Hancock gets a ground-out RBI to make it 11-3. Cameron James scores on a pass ball to make it 12-3. McDonald hits a two-run home run to make it 14-3. McGowan gets an RBI double to make it 15-3. Caden Clark hits a three-run home run to make it 18-3. to And then Arkansas State in the top of the ninth, home run, three-run double, RBI single, RBI double, Fielder's Choice RBI, and then Mississippi State finally gets out of it, 18-10 to the final. That was wild and longer than it had to be.
5: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Ridgeland on 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Call 601-605-4443 for all of your glass needs. A couple of accidents to report. One on I-220 past Watkins Drive, exit 8. The right lane is blocked southbound. And an accident on I-55 at High Street, exit 96B. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-521. One seven.
9: With the extreme winter weather that we've had all across Mississippi
0: recently, the blood supply is very low. And now it's critical that Mississippi Blood Services gets more blood on the shelves to ensure that we have what Mississippi patients need. Visit msblood.com or call 601-368-2673 to find a location near you today. That's msblood.com. msblood.com. Real talk for real Mississippians. The JT
1: Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Supertalk.fm. The Super Talk Mississippi app. And always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station.
2: Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to hear from you on the C Spire text line. So Mississippi State last night uh, against Arkansas State wins by a final of 18-10. to Ole Miss didn't have nearly as much trouble against Austin P last night. Ten-run rule was in effect, and Ole Miss took advantage of that. They won 13-1. to Pretty balanced scoring. Three in the first, none in the second. Three in the third, three in the fourth, three in the fifth, one in the sixth, and they didn't play the uh, bottom of the seventh inning. Thirteen runs, 15 hits, and so uh, Tyler Myers got the start. Second pitch of the game, he gave up a solo home run to Gino Averos, and he just hit like a towering fly ball that just crept and crept and crept and crept and, crept and then landed in the bullpen. And so it was one to nothing, uh, Olmis loaded the bases with nobody out, had back to back strikeouts in the bottom of the first. And then Cale Baker had a bases clearing double to make it three to one. Cale Baker then hit a three run home run with two outs in the third inning to make it six to one. Jacob Gonzalez had an RBI single in the fourth um, to make it seven to one. Plumlee scored on a wild pitch to make it eight to one. Kevin Graham drove in a run to make it nine to one. RBI single from Leatherwood in the fifth to make it 10-1, to 1 and, and so on and so on. Not that any of that matters. I thought there were two things, and really only two things, that stood out about the game last night. Well, two and a half things. Number one, Ole Miss pitched it well. They used four different pitchers. Tyler Myers was good. He ate up three innings to start the game. And then none of the next three guys allowed a run. But the thing that stood out in the pitching was this. Ole Miss took a red shirt off of a true freshman last night. Jack Doherty, who is from Collierville High School, played at the same place that Drew Pomerantz and Zach Cozart did, made his Ole Miss debut. Obviously, after the weekend, Mike Bianco was looking for perhaps an arm that could contribute. Jack Doherty faced six hitters. He struck out five and got a pop-out behind home plate. And it wasn't just that he struck out five against a bad team. It's kind of the way that he did it and how he went about it. He sat 92-93 for two solid innings with his fastball, and it had life on it, kind of arm side run from a right-hander. And he threw an 81-82 mile an hour slider that was sharp, and he was throwing it for strikes. Not just swing and miss strikes, but like strikes on the outside part of the plate. Now, a two-inning sample size against Austin P on a Tuesday night with 800 people in the stands is small. But it is pitching in a college baseball game. And the last time you pitched in a competitive situation, you were in high school. And so I do think it's going to be interesting to see if Jack Doherty gets an opportunity on the weekend. So that was thing number one that stood out. And then thing number two that stood out, Cale Baker hit. And Borky, I saw what you wrote in the rundown, and I do not disagree with what you wrote. Cale uh, Baker can hit bad pitching except for the fact that he hasn't even been hitting bad pitching he hasn't been hitting any pitching and so for him to have a 4-for-4 four four night with 6 runs batted in a double into the corner and an absolute no doubt home run is potentially a good sign for Ole Miss The one thing that we talked about before the game yesterday was what's it going to look like with T.J. McCants at third base. Well, what we learned was Justin Bench was not able to play last night because of a sore back. Tweaked it at some point during the weekend, didn't feel good. They were going to get it checked out again today. I don't know if that means MRI or what, but bottom line is uh, he did not play. McCants had one ball hit his way. Just being honest... He didn't look like a third baseman fielding it. The footwork wasn't great. He kind of turned his gloves sideways like you might on a big hop at shortstop, kind of took a big crow hop across the diamond, and the throw sailed wide of the bag, and it was an error. Does that mean T.J. McCants can't play third base? No, it's not what that means. I did think it was interesting with a camera shot that we had where uh, Mike Bianco immediately in the dugout was like trying to teach McCants in between innings, no, 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 that's not how it works at third base. you got to play it a little bit differently than when you're playing it shorter at second. So uh, who knows where that goes? I mean, obviously the hope is that, uh, that Justin Bench is back in the lineup and is at third base for you. But what about Cale Baker swinging it a little bit, later, a little bit better? Or can I know you watched last night. you think cause for optimism for a guy that missed three weeks with a hammock bone injury and maybe he is finally starting to swing it a little bit better
4: i'd like to see it against better pitching i mean going 4 for 4 while better than anything else he could not have hit better than he did last night at least statistically he got to hit every yeah, he time he's hitting
2: 181 going into the game with one home run and 11 runs batted in
4: yeah so it, that's well that's good if he does draw starts this weekend you got to do it when it matters because Austin p has got a bunch of guys that could not, couldn't play in the SEC. Of course. On any team. So, I got to see it again. I, I think it, I, I'm interested now, because I kind of assumed, and now that we know that Bench is an injury, changes things, I kind of assumed that last night was an audition piece, almost, um that maybe Bianco was considering moving some guys around to alleviate the obvious issues they have at first base because any of their options, not like they're plus fielders anyway, and they don't hit the ball. So I I assume they were doing that as like an experimental move things around deal. But if it was just a one-night injury thing, maybe not. It's kind of confusing now, though. Because don't you need... If if McCants is going to go right back to center when Bench is healthy... Shouldn't you have found somebody else to play third and continue getting McCants reps in center field? I mean,
2: I think they want to get John Rice Plumley some reps out there as well. He looked really, really good defensively last night. There was a ball that looked like it was going to be a double in the gap, and you look up and it's like, holy cow, he can run! I mean, he needs- and just flat ran it out, to the point that he almost overran it.
3: At this point, did you need to see that play to know that he could run? True,
4: yeah, he outran an LSU defense with NFL players on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: But but baseball speed, especially in center field, is a little bit different because it's about angles and it's about jumps and all of those things. Now, once you get the guy going in a straight line, there's no question he can
4: fly. Yeah, he needs to be an everyday guy. I think at this point he's he's earned that. Uh, a plus defender that is hitting hitting well enough uh, to crack the lineup. Uh, I, I would still consider. Uh, maybe having Plumley in the outfield and bringing Kevin Graham in at, at first, even though he's not a plus defender himself. He's not great at first base, but he is capable enough to do it, and he's still got a bat. Friday, I'm fascinated to see Friday's lineup and what it's going to look like because I don't think there's a right answer. I mean, maybe they just stick with it and, and see if Kale Baker can can just see if he can do it. Maybe this is yeah. the turnaround because he did hit the crap out of junior college pitching, but that's... That's all it was. Was junior college pitching? Sure. Uh, it's crazy. I don't. I, I don't. What would you do if you were him? On Friday, big series. You've lost two series in a row. You, you're trying. You've got a, just a couple more weeks of audition for hosting. Although you're probably safely in, regardless. Uh, but if you want to be a national seed, this is a series. I mean, hey,
2: Dad. What's you need to play, play well. Is it? So what do you do? In, in in terms of right-handed, left-handed, what's the, the breakdown this weekend for State? It'll be uh, left, right, right.
3: McLeod, Bednar, and, uh, and Fristo.
2: All right, so so Cale Baker will start at first fr- on Friday. Man, no question. Yeah, kind of. Le- le- left-handed like arm, coming. there's no question that Baker will get to start at first on Friday.
4: And I think... Uh, and I, then I think depending and on how he hits, might start the other two days as well. We'll wait and see. And maybe playing well last night earned him a shot. Yeah. Hey, go do it again. Uh, I don't think this would be the case, but
2: I wonder if there's a scenario with a left-hander going in game one, if perhaps John Rice Plumlee draws a start in center field in game one, and then they switch it around to McCants in the the next two games. Or D.H. McCants. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, these midweek games, so much of the time are throwaway, and obviously that was a weird one. Was there anything last night that stood out for for two Mississippi things. State?
3: Two, two things. State has found some power. They've now hit home runs in five straight games. And okay. with all the hits last night, Josh Hatcher still didn't have one. Okay. So, not sure where. I mean, I think he's staying in the lineup, but he's not performing okay. right now at all.
2: Aaron Fitt from D1 Baseball will join us when we continue a lot of baseball conversation on this Wednesday as we get closer and closer to a big weekend series in Starkville with Mississippi State hosting Ole Miss. We'll be right back.
9: the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center. I'm Bob Sunder. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 90% chance of rain, high near 70 degrees. Tonight, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, low around 53. For Thursday, a 20% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 70 degrees. And for your finally Friday, 40% chance of showers, cloudy skies, high near 66. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
11: Rigsland Mitsubishi is your truck and Jeep headquarters. Yep,
6: you heard that right. Your truck and Jeep HQ. Whether you're looking for a two-wheel drive, four-by-four, or a diesel, come check out our amazing truck selection. Every brand, every size, lifted and customized. We've got them. And don't forget about our amazing selection of Jeeps. We have Wranglers, Unlimited, Hard Tops, Soft Tops, Lifted and Kitted Jeeps for you to choose from. We're sure to have exactly what you're looking for because we are your truck and Jeep HQ. That credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Our credit specialist work hard to get you approved no matter your past credit history 100 credit approval is our number one goal plus bring in your current vehicle and we'll give you the best possible price for it even if you don't buy a new one from us what are you waiting for
12: get to your truck and jeep
6: hq at ridgeland mitsubishi where nobody walks away because everybody saves 1860 east county line road call 896 9600 today or visit ridgelandmitsubishi.com remember you're approved at ridgeland
0: mitsubishi
11: see you for details with
0: proof
14: I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. This morning, the Mississippi Supreme Court heard arguments in the city of Madison's lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of Initiative 65, the medical marijuana program adopted by Mississippi voters back in November. The suit calls into question the state's initiative process, which requires a certain number of signatures from the former five congressional districts. Having dropped down to four, Mayor Mary Hawkins Butler argues the measure was improper. Properly placed on the ballot and the Mississippi State Department of Health says that a low number of breakthrough cases of COVID-19 show the efficacy of the vaccine. Defined as a case in an individual that is fully vaccinated the department is reporting a total of 78 among the over 635,000 Mississippians that have been fully vaccinated. One death has been reported as officials continue to gather information about breakthrough cases. For more visit Supertalk.fm.
15: Now, existing customers and new customers get our best phone deals. Existing C Spire customers. New C Spire customers. You might be saying, existing and new customers? That's everybody. And we agree. That's why we call them the Everybody Deals. So whether you're a new or existing C Spire customer, get an Everybody Plan and make our best deals on new phones all yours. No bull. C Spire. New and existing customers get our best 5G phone free. Go to cspire.com for details.
1: Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at Supertalk.fm with you. On this Wednesday afternoon. We've still got to wait about forty-eight hours, forty-eight hours and change for the series in Starkfield to begin between Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but we've got plenty to talk about between now and then. Aaron Fit joins us from D1Baseball.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Aaron Fit. Aaron, what's up, man? Not much. How you doing? I'm good. There uh there is as much excitement. And as much build-up for this particular Mississippi State, old Miss, old Miss, Mississippi State, I suppose, depending on your allegiances, series as really any that I can remember in a long time. You think it's uh, you think it's justified?
16: Yeah, I mean, this is as good as it gets, really. I mean, you've got two teams that I think are you know among the most complete teams in the country. I mean, you can make a case that as good as Arkansas is, as good of a season as they've had. I know that they won series in Starkville and Oxford, but, uh, long term, if I'm placing bets, I mean, I think I like Mississippi State and Ole Miss both better as a national championship contender because I I like their starting pitching more. So for me, it's, it's these two teams in Vanderbilt. That's my short list for title contenders, like the top, top teams. So yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I think the hype is justified.
2: All right. I, I got to ask you more about that then, just for a second. Um, having seen Arkansas in person, I guess, half a dozen times now, going back to Arlington in this past weekend as well, they certainly strike me as having the most complete resume. So is it as simple as what you said, starting pitching, that, that worries you about them?
16: Exactly. Yeah. And
2: you're right. I mean, their resume is the best.
16: Um, what they've done is really beyond, you know, criticism at this point to sweep. Stayed on the road, you take two out three at Ole Miss, the, the weekend they had at the Globe Life Tournament. I mean, it's it's awesome, and you got to give them a ton of credit. But, um, I yeah, I do wonder, you know, can you win it all if you don't have those horses that can get you deep into the game? And, and so far it's worked, you know, and they they deserve some benefit of the doubt because they've gone and beaten really good, potentially the best teams in the country. They've gone out and beaten them, but um, you know, if you look at teams that win it all, they, they almost always have those horses that they can ride in Omaha, you know, whether it's tomorrow yeah. rocker a few years ago or kevin abel for oregon state or um you know even the pac-12 teams that have won it, ucla and arizona everybody florida the year they won it, virginia vandy i mean they, they all have uh, usually it's a, a couple of guys that they can count on to get them six seven eight innings maybe even a complete game um and take some strain off of the bullpen and and arkansas just doesn't have that so um you know maybe you can win nowadays by building your staff from the back forward maybe you just You know, run your openers out there, run out your your Lyle walkhards for three innings, and then hand it off to the bullpen. But I'm still not 100% convinced that that's a national championship formula.
2: I'm also not convinced that they can continue to throw Kevin Cops three innings in back-to-back days out of the bullpen. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see if that continues to work. Uh, All right, so let's stick with the pitching theme. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, compare and contrast. Hoagland, Nikhazy, and we found out after the game last night, McDaniel, uh, as opposed to Derek Diamond in the rotation for Ole Miss, versus um, McLeod, Bednar, and Fristo for Mississippi State. That's
16: a great, great group of matchups right there. Um, for me, I mean, I still like Hoagland, Nikhazy, um, a tick, just a tick better then than McLeod and bednar but um on the right you know it depends on the day i mean all those all four guys are big time talents i mean we're talking about four guys uh, i think three of them you know are first or second round picks and and uh, the casey's going to go good too i mean he's not going to go as good as those other guys in the draft but he certainly has maybe the best resume out of all four of them, and uh, stuff. It's, it's really good, you know. It's four pitches, and he competes his butt off. So, uh, if I had to pick one of those four guys to win a game tomorrow, maybe it's maybe it's him. I don't know. Uh, you, you know, it, it's really you can stack those guys up any order you want. But for me, I lean just slightly toward the two Ole Miss guys there. But um, I like Fristo more than whoever Ole Miss goes with on Sunday. And you know, I know there are growing pains for a true freshman. He's had some ups and downs, but. I mean, the stuff is real. We've all seen it. And uh, and I think he's got pitchability, too, for for a power guy. So um, it's it's almost a wash for me between those two staffs.
2: What do you do with the offensive comparison? Um, Ole Miss, obviously, without Tim Elko now, but they put a yeah. bunch of hits and a bunch of runs on the board against Arkansas. And Mississippi State seems to be coming to life offensively, albeit against Auburn this past weekend. So, so how do you stack those two kind of – Position groups, if you will. Up,
16: yeah. I would have told you before Elko got hurt that I definitely like you know the Ole Miss offense a lot more. Um, without Elko, it's, it's a it's a game changer. You know, I mean, he's he's the guy that really scared you in the of that lineup, and I I still like the Ole Miss offense. Um, there's still plenty of physicality. I mean, especially if, you know, you get, you get Ben Van Cleve going and you know that provides some of that, uh, that presence, I guess, that they need. Um, you know, Kevin Graham, he's had a nice year. He's got power. We know that. Uh, I love Peyton Chatagnier. I mean, you know, one of the, the more exciting players to watch in the country. I just love, you know, the, the energy that he brings and his feel for the barrel. Um, Don Hurst has power. I mean, Gonzalez. And those guys are all good. It's just a, a really balanced lineup. Uh, I think it's pretty right-handed heavy. I think maybe if you are criticizing, that would be, that would be something. If you got a good righty, maybe you can beat those guys that way. Um, you know, Mississippi State made a little more balanced left and right, but not as much length in the lineup. So, uh, again, I mean, these teams match up pretty evenly. Um, you do have those couple of veterans, Tanner Allen, of course, who's been around and, and Rowdy Jordan, like he's kind of gotten it going a little bit, which they really needed. Um, and, and still want to see Hatcher, you know, uh, figure it out. That's, that's been the real, the real enigma to me is—he is was so good last spring, and I, I really thought he'd turn the corner. And I expected him to have a monster year, and it just has not happened. So uh, I still think he's got a run in him, and, and, and State needs that to happen.
2: Do you give a significant edge to Mississippi State's bullpen, or is it just kind of a, a, again maybe just a nod?
16: Yeah, I would say it's a nod, and I still like a lot of the pieces in that in that old Miss bullpen, you know. And, um, Again, they've got depth and variety here, and uh, you know between I don't know. I mean, obviously you got Austin Miller still. You got um, you know Forsythe is still there. Um, you know they're, they're kind of getting healthier. Taylor Broadway I really like. You know he can uh, pound the zone. He's got that good slider. He's got plenty of velocity. I mean, I, I, I think certainly you give Mississippi State the edge, but I don't think it's a huge edge now.
2: Hmm. What you do you think's disagree? the ultimate difference maker this weekend? In this series, um, that's a great question. I mean,
16: you know, how will Ole Miss handle that that atmosphere? Uh, I think both teams are going to be fired up, but you still got to give the home team the edge in a setting like that. You know, I, I think the duty noble factors is is kind of the X factor, right? Uh, but then again, sometimes that can backfire on you. You see teams maybe get too emotional playing in front of their home crowd. And, um, doesn't always work out to their favor, but uh, I, you know, I, I have to feel like City State. If you're trying to find an edge in this matchup, you kind of lean towards the team that's
2: playing at home. Let's switch gears away from this series. Just a couple of kind of rapid-fire questions about the SEC. Uh, of the teams that are, are middle of the pack or lower, who do you like kind of turning it around and being impressive in the second half? And I mean, I, I know LSU would be lower than middle of the pack right now. They get a series win. Alabama's getting Connor back. Um, Florida sitting there at six and six and just can't really decide on them. Who do you like to to really kind of maybe in the, the final six weeks of league play turn it on?
16: Yeah, I think you hit on a couple of them. Alabama uh, would be the, the most obvious answer, just with prelib coming back and they got Antoine John back now. Uh, yeah. They're sitting five and seven in the league, but they've already played Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. Um, and, and the schedule next few weeks is very favorable. you got Auburn, Kentucky, Missouri, two of those three at home. You could see them, you know, in another month sitting in pretty good shape in the league heading into, you know, this is a challenging home stretch. But uh, I, I like their chances to make a run and certainly make a regional. And, and Florida, you know, come on. I mean, they're lying in the weeds right now. They're, they're, I know they're, they've got flaws that have been exposed, more flaws than we expected heading into the season, but. They still have so much talent, and they still have Sully, you know. And Sully's been to Omaha what seven or eight times as a head coach now, and a little over a decade It's crazy. What he's done, he you got to figure, and he'll he'll get it figured out. And um, they're just too good to muddle along as a 500 team all season long in the SEC. I think they're going to go on a run too. So ultimately, I still like their chances to get hot and and host a regional.
2: Are we watching the end of the Rob Childress era at Texas A&M? Yeah, I mean,
16: you know, reading the tea leaves, it's sure starting to feel that way. Um, and I hate speculating about that stuff, you know. And then I think he's done a really good job there over the years, but uh, it, it feels like that relationship is, uh, I don't know, it, it may be time. I mean, they're not very good this year. I know their fan base is restless, and, and we'll see how much um, the administration takes that to heart.
2: Final thing, uh, can Tennessee keep it rolling? Do do we see Vanderbilt lose back-to-back series in the SEC?
16: Yeah, it could happen. I mean, uh, I keep waiting for...
2: (laughs) You're not going just way out on that limb there.
16: Yeah, well, you know, it's a top-five matchup, right? But am I going to predict it? I mean, look, I've picked probably against Tennessee three or four weeks in a row. I keep expecting the wheels to fall off because they still love Jackson Leaf, and it's like they, they kind of hold it together a little bit with some duct tape on the mound, but um, they do have some nice pieces, and, and I figured, okay, well, you know, one of these weekends has got to catch up with them, and maybe four weeks in a row I've picked against them, and they've won all four of those series, so at this point, I don't know what to do. I still, I still like Vandy better. I still like Vandy's going to win the series, but I've been wrong on Tennessee a month in a row now, so I give up. I mean, the, you know, what do I know?
2: I'm assuming the folks on Rocky Top would just uh, assume you continue to pick against them if uh, if it has worked out so far. Aaron, it's going to be a fun weekend. Man, I always appreciate your time and uh, and your insight. Good visiting with you.
16: Yeah, you got it, Richard. See you. It's
2: Aaron Fitt from D1 Baseball, D1Baseball.com. Some interesting thoughts from him on the series in Starkville this weekend.
5: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Ridgeland on 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Call 601-605-4443 for all of your glass needs. Those accidents on I-220 and I-55 have been cleared up. Traffic is moving smooth again. If you see a traffic problem, be sure to call your local law enforcement. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-5217.
7: grass growing season is in full swing and Hartley Equipment in Gluckstadt is your one-stop outdoor equipment shop. Hartley has teamed up with Skag Lawnmowers to offer you the best deals of the year during their annual Skag Open House event. This sale will run Monday, April 19th through Saturday, April 24th. All week long, Hartley will have huge discounts on all Skag walk-behinds, stand-ons, and zero-turn mowers. Hartley has the perfect Skag Lawnmower for the small residential yard or large estate owner. Commercial grass cutters will also receive additional discounts on any purchases during this week-long sale on top of all these savings all skag mowers are eligible for zero percent financing with no money down as well as mo now pay later financing options each purchase will come with a free first service and free delivery stop by hartley equipment in gluckstadt april 19th through the 24th and see for yourself why skag mowers are simply the best
5: this is
10: owner cameron hartley reminding you that when it comes to your lawn equipment needs shop smartly shop hartley Here's Uncle Cy. Bugs can not be a problem. Then you got the termite. They got big teeth. Like this barn, it would probably take them all maybe three or four days to eat this barn down and there wouldn't be nothing but the tin left laying on the ground. Bunch of sawdust. That's all they leave behind, sawdust. How many bugs have I got in my beard? Hopefully none. Is that what's been moving? We got a tough crowd here, boys. If you want the real story about pest control, call Havard Pest Control Incorporated, the professional bug exterminator. The
7: name to trust for over 65 years. and Havard Pest Control, the difference is clear. At Havard Pest Control, their number one goal is customer satisfaction. Havard understands that everyone's pest control needs are different. That's why they offer a wide variety of services to protect your home against all kinds of pest and termite invasions. When it comes to keeping your home and family safe against
9: all kinds of pests, trust Havard. Havard Pest Control! Visit HavardPest.com or call 601-936-0309. 601-936-0309. This is Jake Mangum. It's great to be on a team that is based in Mississippi.
18: It's important to me that my team supports our high schools, universities, and several local events throughout the state. Of course I'm talking about my home team, Farm Bureau Insurance. If you aren't already with Farm Bureau, it's time to join the team. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance, or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Get the scoop on what happened in college football and what to expect in the NFL
1: each Sunday on Sports Sunday with Michael Borky. Get the story behind the stats, 8 to 10 a.m. on Super Talk Mississippi, supertalk.fm, and watch the show on supertalk.tv.
11: Visit Ridgeland presents the Art Wine and Wheels weekend, April 30th through May 2nd at the Renaissance at Colony Park. Events include Ridgeland Fine Arts Festival, Natchez Trace Century Ride, and a Friday night April 30th kickoff party. Visit artwineandwheels.com. Follow Visit Ridgeland on Facebook. Hashtag visit MS responsibly.
1: Find out what's happening in Mississippi politics and what it means to you on the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi
19: Sports
2: Talk Mississippi, streaming at Supertalk.fm. Don't forget C Spire Text Line is open to you. We get a message that says, listening while I'm line for my COVID shot. All right. Good for you. Boy. Good stuff. Good for you. Uh Bob was uh, we were talking about the difference uh with with K, uh, Kale Baker. So, Bob, let me give you just a little bit of context. If if you look at Cale Baker's numbers from junior college they were like stupid, stupid.
4: Didn't he like, have like 100 RBI in a hundred
2: home runs and eighty to ninety to a hundred runs batted in, and you know he hit three eighty that type thing? And you said, "What's wrong with JUCO pitching?" Nobody was taking a shot. I think it was Borky that mentioned JUCO pitching. He was not taking a shot. I'm, I'm speaking for you, Borky. Forgive me for that. How okay. about JUCO pitching? It's just different, right? That's all I'm. You, saying. you got like. Yeah, you got like a dozen first round arms in the SEC. Yeah, maybe not all in one year, but, you know, over the course of a three year cycle, they're, you know, easily 12 to 15 first round pitching arms in the SEC. And clearly that's not the case at the junior college level. So it wasn't a shot at junior college pitching. It was just there's a difference in Cale Baker hitting 30 home runs and driving in 100 at the Juco level with what we've seen from him. In his time at Ole Miss. So, and Bob said he enjoyed the show, Bob and Itawama. So thanks for listening. Good to hear from you.
4: Yeah, great players can come through the Juco system. Oh, yeah. It, it happens all the time.
3: There's clearly a,
4: a major difference between the two. I
3: mean, it's there's a gap between high school and JUCO. There's a gap between JUCO and the SEC. There's a gap between the SEC and the minor leagues. There's a gap between the minor leagues. and the. As you go up the ladder, there's going to be a gap every
2: time. You know, maybe the most high-profile player to ever play junior college baseball is Bryce Harper, hmm? and he did it for one year. Remember but he did it to protect his rights so that he could be drafted in the big leagues after one year and it was a good decision for him.
3: Yes, it's worked out okay.
2: Yeah. Um What did Aaron say that stood out to you? I thought that's some pretty good analysis of the uh of the two teams that we heard from Aaron Fit. He tried to ask you because he
3: when he was talking about the difference between state and old Mrs. bullpen, he said he didn't think it was that that big and you you just sort of gave him the hmm and he asked, you don't agree, but then you went into your next question. I don't think you, you Oh, heard
2: him. I, I didn't hear him say you don't agree. Oh, my bad. So,
3: the, so I'll ask for him. You don't agree?
2: Um, I don't know. Like, on the surface, I, I think my hmm was just, I'm kind of used to hearing people say Mississippi State's bullpen is elite and, you know, that's maybe the best part of their staff, but people love the starters, I'm not
5: 100%
2: sure that I agree with it. Landon Sims might be the best relief pitcher in college baseball, based on what we've seen to this point in the year. And yet his usage rate is not really that high so far. No. Um, Brandon Smith's good. Stinnett is really good. Spencer Price has kind of been through it. He's not pitching a ton right now, but I think that's an arm that you feel confident in running out on the weekend. If you need probably not for an extended appearance, but if you need him to go get a couple of outs, you probably feel good about that. And you know, hey dad, the the guy's names in that bullpen better than I right. do. I do but know it's a d- bunch of dudes that can throw 93. The guy you haven't mentioned yet,
3: that I, and he doesn't throw 93, but it would be Houston Harding is a guy I yes. I feel I have some confidence right? in out of the
2: Yes, left-hander. Yeah. So, yes to all of those guys, but I'm not sure after that. I mean, it might be a bunch of dudes that, you know, maybe throw hard, but don't always know where it's going, and Ole Miss can probably hit. So flip that over, who do you feel great about out of the Ole Miss bullpen? Well, the number one arm clearly is Taylor Broadway. And he's shown you that he can go out and give you three innings. Now, if he gives you three innings, maybe he can come back for one more inning at some point over the next couple of days. You trusted Drew McDaniel, but now Drew McDaniel is going into a starter's role on Sunday. I'm really, really interested to see what Derek Diamond can do out of the bullpen. Because Derek Diamond, if he's coming max effort out of the pen, and you say, we need two innings... He's coming out and he's going ninety five, ninety six out of the pin. As long as he
3: doesn't he be, walk,
2: guys, that could be dangerous.
3: Could he be the the Landon Sims for Ole Miss in that role? That kind of. I mean, stuff?
2: I kind of think Taylor Broadway already is, in that you can stretch him out a little bit if you need to. You know, maybe it gives you the opportunity to throw. Derek Diamond twice in a weekend and only have to go an inning with Taylor Broadway, so you could potentially go to him three times if you needed to to finish off a game. I think you trust Tyler Myers in short spurts. I don't think you're asking him to get you two innings. I think in an SEC weekend you're asking him to get two outs or an inning in a third. I kind of think the same thing with Austin Miller. I'm interested to see what Jack Doherty looks like when he gets a second opportunity. It looked great last night. I don't know the answer. Your home for all the sports. Super Bowl, Mississippi,
20: powered by your tree professionals at the RONH3POS, 601-345-890 news i'm rich dennison president biden today announcing all american troops will be withdrawn from afghanistan by september 11th we went to afghanistan because of a horrific attack that happened 20
10: years ago that cannot explain why we should remain there in 2021
20: the move will mark an end to America's longest ever war. Medical experts with the CDC are meeting today to review information on rare cases of people who develop blood clots and one who died after getting Johnson & Johnson's coronavirus vaccine. It's unknown
2: how long this pause on using Johnson & Johnson vaccine will last, but regulators Tuesday expected it to be days. A number of countries in Europe and Africa are now following the U.S. lead and are stopping use of it. Meanwhile, Pfizer says it will ramp up production
7: of its
20: vaccine by 10%. Fox's Evan Brown, America, is listening to Fox
21: News. This is Brent Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. Located in Glutstadt, just south of Germantown High, Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful from trees, shrubs, and color plants to bulk soils for delivery and pickup. Callaway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2021 collections in stock and arriving. The farmer's market is open full of fresh fruits, vegetables, and local honey, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's will have farm fresh produce seven days a week. Callaway's offers bulk soils for delivery and pickup we also offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit Callaway's in Glutstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Callaway's
7: is, is everything for home and garden. That's what Callaway's
13: is.
14: I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Department of Health is reporting 275 new cases of COVID-19. The latest report brings the state's total number of cases up to just over 308,100. With the confirmation of three additional deaths, 7,122 Mississippians have passed away from the virus. And arguments in the Initiative 65 case were held this morning at the Mississippi Supreme Court. Secretary of State Michael. Watson explained to Supertalk Mississippi what has led to a rise in ballot initiatives.
9: I think, in a large part, Mississippians were kind of upset. Look, we've been talking about this for a while. We haven't seen the legislature move on it. We're just going to do this ourselves. And I think you're seeing that not just in Mississippi, but across the country with more initiatives now.
14: Currently, there are five active initiatives in Mississippi, including one that could lead to the expansion of Medicaid. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News.
8: Concerts at Renaissance are back live Saturday, April 24th, starring the Almond Bets band. With G Love and special sauce. This is my baby. Taz Niederauer, Cedric Burnside, The Vamps, and more. It's a full day of music presented by Wicked Wheat Brewery for this socially distanced concert. Listen carefully. Tickets are on sale now at Ardenland.net. Twilight Concerts at Renaissance are here. From Nukes Eatery, Renaissance at Colony Park, and first commercial bank. Tickets are on sale now. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group and Ardenland.
14: Cadet Class 65 has begun with 57 cadets hoping to become a member of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. Colonel Randy Ginn hopes they all make it through as the Highway Patrol deals with the shortage.
12: We're at about 502 active troopers right now, and we're slated that we could have 650 if we had the budget for it and available personnel to put in them, so we're, there's a great need. During an appearance on Super Talk Mississippi,
14: Ginn said that around 30 troopers retire each year. And Turkey Creek and Gulfport is the 10th most endangered river in America, this according to the nonprofit American Rivers.
22: The group says proposed new roads and wetland fills could harm the creek, which flows through a community purchased by emancipated former slaves in 1866. The settlement's historic cemetery was mostly destroyed in 2001, and the Mississippi Heritage Trust listed the community as one of Mississippi's 10 most endangered historical places. For more, visit supertalk.fm.
8: If you're an employer and need workers fast, be a part of the Million Dollar Job Fair in Biloxi, April 14th at Edgewater Mall. This is the most heavily promoted job fair of its kind, with limited space still available. If you need workers, email jobfair at supertalk.fm. That's jobfair at supertalk.fm. Join other premier businesses who are already registered. The Million Dollar Job Fair is coming April 14th to Biloxi. So don't wait as available space is limited at jobfair at supertalk.fm
15: To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show.
12: We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
1: Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi.
18: It doesn't get any better than this.
1: On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, thank you for being with us. Seaspire text line, best way for you to get in touch with us, 601-879-4395. Bull, there's a lot of it in wireless, but Seaspire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says. Here's the real deal. The best plan for one or two lines, $45 each, with auto pay and paperless billing, no bull, cspire.com. Uh, Richard, cool hat. What's the emblem on it? I'll hold it up so you can see it a little bit better. I don't know. If, it may be too shiny. Oh, there we no, go. No, that's perfect. there you go. Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. So I got two of these. I got a blue one and I got a white one when we were there last Thursday. So it's an. It, the brand is Imperial, which is my favorite hat of any. And I just thought the little. I don't know. It's like a quarter size, kind of shiny logo. Uh, they've got them in the pro shop at uh, at Dancing Rabbit. If you happen to find yourself in that part of the state, stop by and see them. Even if you can't stop in to play golf, get some really good stuff in the shop. Thanks for the compliment. I have actually had several compliments on uh, this hat and the white hat since I got it, so appreciate that. Um, we got to dive into. I mean, we were planning on holding this for the college football fix, but it's now official, and I, and I think it's time to dive in. On the heels of the NCAA's decision to allow college athletes to freely transfer and play immediately, Greg Campy has a message for basketball coaches everywhere: change the way you recruit, or see your career go up in flames. Longtime Oakland's men, Oakland men's basketball coach said, "If you are building for the future, you are going to lose your job." The NCAA and the Division 1 Council have now officially approved a one-time transfer for all college athletes without the need to sit out a year. Question number 1. Does the inaction of this rule force the SEC's hand with regard to interconference transfers? You're seeing a
3: lot of conferences starting to do that. I think the SEC will jump on board and, and, and allow for, for
2: free transfers. Can we agree that one time and one time only means one time and one time only? It very much should, yes. Yeah. You get one freebie. You do not have to tell us why you are transferring. You get one. One time in your college career you can move from school X To school, why? And nobody will ask the question, why are you doing it? However, do not. I repeat, do not come to us. Cross means do not. With any reason, your mother is sick. Your grandfather has cancer. You're not getting playing time. Your coach quit. Your coach got fired. Your coach got another job. Your foot hurts. You need to be closer to home so that you can help support your family. There is no reason that you can request the opportunity to transfer a second time without sitting out. You get one. Use it wisely. If you do not use it wisely, the second time you got to sit out. We're not saying you can't transfer again. You can transfer two, three, four times. If if there's a school that will let you in, it will take you. But you got five years to play four. We're letting you play up to four games and still have a red shirt. You can still get a medical red shirt. But after your one free transfer, there is not a second free transfer. Is that too hard and fast, no exceptions, don't talk to me, or is that okay? It
4: should be okay. That is I, I would, not how it's going to happen. The waiver process will still exist.
3: Why? I would I would I would say that the w- one caveat I would put on Richard's plan okay. is, is NCAA sanctions. It, especially if you weren't part of them. You might be allowed to transfer freely then. And that but that would go for all the athletes on the on the roster, not just you. So it would sort of still be a blanket thing. But if you get hammered with a two-year bowl ban and you've got two years left and you want to leave, you can
2: go. Well, you could have like, if you hadn't already used the transfer.
3: Well, yeah, exactly. If you haven't, But I, I would say even if you've used the transfer and you've come into a situation that you couldn't have predicted. Now, if they were under investigation, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm getting into semantics here. That's just the first thing that came to my mind of possible ways to get a second transfer that I wouldn't lose my mind about. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm not on board with that. Okay. I don't I am I'm just you get one. Use it however you want to. But understand that once you use your one, there is no opportunity for a second. You can transfer. You can you can transfer out of a, a situation. Hey that I would even be okay with saying you can transfer out of a situation and you don't lose a year of eligibility. However, if you transfer from one school to another at the same classification, you have to sit the second time for a year.
3: Right.
2: I would I would be I'm, I'm telling you I would be really okay with saying you don't lose a year of eligibility, but you you lose a year of participation. That would be a fair compromise, I think, to be honest with you, okay. Carrion McComb says this will destroy college basketball. True or false?
4: False. I I cannot help but wonder what the unintended consequences of this are going to be. So on one hand, I, I do I would like to think that I am pretty strong in my principles. I believe that if a regular student can transfer from one school to the next, if a coach can like Tommy Tuberville be sitting across the table from a recruit and that recruits mother and him leave to take a phone call and never return because he's taking a new job leaving them with the bill and wondering where the coach is. Uh, a player should be allowed to do that as well however I can't like I said I can't help but wonder what the unintended consequences of this are going to be I'm not talking about roster building as much as I am for the kids themselves And, I mean, you know, I'm not even 30 yet. Sorry to make you guys feel old. I'm I'm not 30 yet, so what do I know about life? But I do think that there is, and people roll their eyes at this now, especially in our business, but there is an element of, if you're not playing right now, maybe it's not the coach's problem. Maybe there's something that you need to do that is leading to you not playing. Maybe you're not getting on the field because you're not ready to get on the field, and going to another school is not going to make you any better as a player. Maybe you should work harder, stick it out, and then you will get your time. Tim Elko is a great example, a guy that's unfortunately hurt for the year, but he could have transferred. He came to Ole Miss with the intention to play and and did not start right away. And instead of going somewhere else or whatever, he put his head down, went to work, and then became a team captain. You've got stories like that all the time. That, I I think, will have a bad unintended consequence. A kid's going to walk into a place, not play right away, get his name in the transfer portal, and guess what's going to happen? Nobody's going to want him. Because there's a reason he wasn't playing in the first place. So you're going to have hundreds of kids, and it's already happening right now in basketball. You've got hundreds of kids in the portal with nowhere to go. You're going to have kids, college-aged kids, that enter the transfer portal, left their school, and will not have a destination. I think that's going to lead to a big, big mess. It's going to harm the kids. Mm -hmm. And, of course, free agency is going to be be free agency. That's a real thing. So that will harm how you recruit and stuff like that. But I think this really is going to damage the kids, although it's giving them more freedom, and I support them having more freedom. But when this is not used correctly, it's going to be a problem.
3: That that every story needs a warning label though, and that can be it. There's going to be you're right. There's going to be some kids who transfer out and they have nowhere to go. That's going to be you know what coaches are going to tell kids like, are you sure this is what you want to do? You don't want to end up like this. Are you sure? And hopefully the kids will be smart enough to do that. Now I don't have any faith in that to happen, but I I I I think it it is a bad thing, but sometimes you need a little
2: bad so that good can prosper. That makes sense. I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah. with the scenario Borky that you laid out, and here's why. College. I know where you're going. in a lot of ways, is the bridge to adulthood. Yes. And as an adult, you sometimes have to learn some difficult lessons. I agree with. I'm this. okay with the difficult lesson. You make decisions in life once you become adult. And your decisions they have that they have consequences, but consequences sometimes is such a negative connotation. How about just your decisions have results, and sometimes the results are good, and sometimes the results are bad, but you have to live with them and you have to continue on. And if you make a decision, you're taking a calculated risk, and if it doesn't work out, learn a lesson, which might be good for adulthood, which is just around the corner. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back.
5: The Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Ridgeland on 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Call 601-605-4443 for all of your glass needs. Those accidents on I-220 and I-55 have been cleared up. Traffic is moving smooth again. If you see a traffic problem, be sure to call your local law enforcement. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call Smith Brothers at (laughs) 601-353-5217.
19: Hey guys, I'm Michael Clark with Ace Bolton Screw Company. We have been locally owned and operated for over 50 years. Come by and check out our newly remodeled store. We've got all the biggest brands of power tools and hand tools. Dewalt, Milwaukee, Makita, Channel Lock, Irwin, and Lennox, just to name a few. Let us help you get the job done right. Come see us at Ace Bolton Screw Company, Jackson, Tupelo, Atlanta, and Gluckstadt. 43. Does your
11: body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Acoustic Wave Treatment Center offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Call today to schedule your appointment: 601-944-5585 or go to acousticwave Acousticwavems.com.
12: We're here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three.
13: Communication system is a go. go.
12: This,
1: this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly.
2: talk Mississippi streaming at FM. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydeff. What do you think on the uh, one-time transfer rule? Uh, we get one message that says kids will soon realize there are only so many spots and they won't have anywhere to play, and then they'll play the victim card. I think you just take away the victim card. Like, to enter the transfer portal, you have to sign a document. And that document lays out the cautions, almost like a Surgeon General's warning on tobacco products. This product can lead to lung cancer and can kill you. Entering the transfer portal can lead to being an athlete without a home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when you enter the transfer portal, you have to sign the document that says you understand the risks associated with leaving the school at which you currently reside and going to find a new place to play. You go into it with your eyes wide open. If you don't actually read the document, that's on you. Don't make it like an Apple thing where you can just scroll through and hit agree. And don't make it so complicated that nobody can understand it. Just lay it out really, really clearly. These are five not all but the five things that you need to be fully aware of as you enter the transfer portal. Number one, you may not have a landing spot. Number two, this is the only time you will be able to transfer without penalty of any sort. I
3: have a question. Could you do it sort of like you do with the NBA draft? Tell the kid, he, he, the kid says, I'm going to enter the portal But you tell the coach, look, I'm going to look around. I just want to see my options, but could I have the option to come back? And if the coach is okay with that, then the kid could come back and still retain his one-time free transfer.
2: You might put that option on the table, but I don't think it's an exclusive option. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, if we've still got a spot and you decide you don't want to leave or you decide there's nowhere better for you to go, you can come back, but we're not holding a spot for you.
3: Right. It would have to be something mutually agreeable. Like the kid says, hey, coach, I've looked around. I don't like my options. Do you still have a spot for me? And the coach says, yes.
2: In that scenario, sure. And that happens right now.
4: There are Ole Miss players, multiple, that considered elsewhere, and, I mean, for whatever it's worth, Uh, nothing confirmed but there is a particular quarterback that was even going to leave if Lane Kiffin was not hired as head coach had a destination picked out and everything what Matt Corral is going to Oregon that that is the stressed
2: rumor but yeah Mike in Oxford says non-scholarship players should be able to transfer as many times as they want yeah sure Oh,
3: non-scholarship guys, I would agree with that 100. And I, I would say, I would say, not non- scholarship full, guys in Batesville. That's what I was about to say. I think if you're not on full scholarship, you should be allowed to to transfer. Because if you can, if, because at that point we're talking about financial stuff. We're saying if, if I'm on the quarter scholarship here and they're going to give me a third scholarship, and I can save money, I mean, that's that should be allowed to go. Period.
2: Kyle says the grass always seems greener because
4: they are waiting for you to come cut it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so there are there's a sentiment of people that think transferring at all uh, is bad. No, there are situations. I mean, I'm sure everybody's been in a relationship that they did not want to be in. Uh, there are there are times in life where you've had a job that you realize is not for you, a toxic environment, a place where you can't advance yourself or you're not happy or whatever. Not, not every situation's created equal. Some players transfer because there is legitimately something wrong with where they are. Not every player that transfers is quitting or leaving a bad situation or whatever. Or I mean, is quitting or not willing to work or something like that. Some guys transfer because maybe they were promised something that wasn't delivered. Maybe their position coach left and the new guy they hired doesn't treat the players right. I mean, Iowa had to fire a strength and conditioning coach that wasn't treating players right, at least according to them. There are times where transferring is okay, just like there are times where not working on a relationship but deciding this is the end of the road and you guys breaking up or you deciding to quit your job because this isn't the best situation for me. Not every transfer is created equal. So I support the existence of the portal and even this rule, but I, I do think there's, like what we're talking about, going to be times where players have no homes. I also think the group of five and FCS level, they're going to get some talented players that you wouldn't usually get. Yeah. Because... It's to
3: remember, too, with, with basketball, so many more schools than football playing at the same level. You know, it's yeah. not like... You know, if you're an FCS player in football, well, I mean, the chances are an FCS team is still a Division One team for basketball, can play March Madness, so the drop down isn't
2: as bad. What if I said this is good for basketball because it makes it easier to go from bad to good in one year?
4: If Mississippi State signs a couple of the transfer players that people think they're going to sign. That's what they're going to do. Not that they were bad last year, but they'll go from right. eh, whatever, to that's a team that should play on if, the second weekend of the NCAA tournament.
3: Yeah, if the I two mean, players that are that are mentioned, and we'll talk. We'll DJ Jeffries and Garrison Brooks come to Starkville. Yeah. That that becomes a team that I would say from tip off till Selection Sunday should be in every bracketology that you see as probably a six or better seed. It would be my opinion that should be that good,
2: assuming they perform. But, but that's, but, but, the, type, but that's what's the type, that's the type team they'll be putting on the floor when you're talking about Tolu Smith and Iverson right. Molinar and DJ Stewart and Garrison Brooks and DJ Jeffries. And that's a starting five that is a second weekend NCAA tournament team. It, it, it should be. No question. Now, you got to stay healthy. Those guys have ge- got to gel. They've got to buy into what Ben Howland is asking. You got to have some contributors off the bench, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of a starting five, That's a good group. King Biscuit says, I'm late to the show. Can you briefly describe the new rule? Yeah, it's simple. Every athlete at the Division I level is allowed to transfer one time without penalty. Now, what we've been debating, King Biscuit, is what rules go along with that. And we're not 100% in agreement, but my idea is you get one Transfer, free. And there are zero exceptions to a second free transfer. There is no waiver process. You get one. Now, the caveat that I threw on that was you have to sit out a performance year, but you don't lose a year of eligibility for a second transfer. Or that matter for a third transfer. If somebody's willing to take you and keep you on board and you want to keep playing you know, seven years in college, the first time you go from school A to school B, you're eligible immediately. If you try to go from school B to school C, you have to sit out a year. If you go from school C to school D, you've got to sit out a year. I don't know. That's just kind of where I am on this. What about all this in terms of basketball?
4: Well, they they, they going to get Breakfield. Uh, they need to. <laughs> <laughs> they need to. I, I mean, it, but this is how everybody's going to have to do it now. And this is the new normal. This is the new, especially in basketball.
2: Well, and don't you think the best teams are going to have a hybrid roster? Yeah, they're they're yes. going to they're they're going to bring in some talented. Young guys that hopefully they're able to develop and stick with in the program. Now there is a possibility that those young guys, as they get better, choose to go somewhere else if they develop, or maybe they're late bloomers.
3: But it goes back and then, to what you, what you started you, us with, Richard, with that with that coach saying it's 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 adapt or die to this to this point. There is no I'm building for the future. There is I'm coaching to win this year. I'm coaching to win next year when next year gets here.
2: Yeah.
4: I mean, and there are a lot of people that, that won't like that. But how different is that than... Possible that high
2: school athletes are the biggest losers in this.
4: Yeah. I mean, if you were a lower-level coach, how many high school players are you really looking to sign? When you can get... Maybe college football's not the best example, because you got to get 25 guys and field a roster of 85 players. But if you were... I mean, let's use a local example. Will Hall at Southern Miss. And you could sign what you're hoping is a diamond-in-the-rough high school player or the Auburn transfer defensive lineman that couldn't crack a depth chart but is one of the best players in Conference USA if he joins your school, who are you recruiting? I think personality and fit
2: still matters. Jerry in Brookhaven says, what about tampering? (laughs) Yep. It's going to happen, Jerry. Wardstock, Mississippi, we'll be back.
9: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sunder. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 90% chance of rain, high near 70 degrees. Tonight, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, low around 53. For Thursday, a 20% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 70 degrees. And for your finally Friday, 40% chance of showers, cloudy skies, high near 66.
13: At Car Care Clinic we are so thankful to our customers for supporting local business and we're grateful for the essential workers who continue to serve. We are committed to your safety and we're taking extra care of our customers during this time providing services you can rely on so you can take care of your world. With one less thing to worry about, your vehicle is essential to daily life so their service lanes are open to serve you while guests are encouraged to remain in their vehicles during oil changes. Car Care Clinic is also taking extra precautions to to ensure safety and cleanliness around their convenient locations. So you can get the same rate service you depend on for brakes, alignments, tune-ups, check engine light diagnostics, tires, and their 28-point full-service oil changes. Visit CarCareClinicJetLube.com for more information on savings, coupons, and scheduling an appointment and more. When surrounded by uncertainty, you shouldn't worry about your vehicle. We'll
0: get through this together. Car Care Clinic. We want to change your oil, not your schedule.
14: I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Department of Health is reporting 275 new cases of COVID 19. The latest report brings the state's total number of cases up to just over 308,100. With the confirmation of three additional deaths, 7,122 Mississippians have passed away from the virus. And arguments in the Initiative 65 case were held this morning at the Mississippi Supreme Court. Secretary of State Michael Watson explained to Supertalk Mississippi what has led to a rise in ballot initiatives.
9: I think in a large part Mississippians were kind of upset. Look, we've been talking about this for a while, we haven't seen the legislature move on it, we're just going to do this ourselves. And I think you're seeing that not just in Mississippi, but across the country with more initiatives now.
14: Currently, there are five active initiatives in Mississippi, including one that could lead to the expansion of Medicaid. Steven Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News.
1: The JT Show. With Gerard Gibbert. Guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. Weekdays at 10. On Super Talk Mississippi. The Super Talk app. And at supertalk.fm. Keeping you up to date with news, weather, and politics that affect you and your family. Super Talk Mississippi News. Your news. All the time. On air and online. Super Talk Mississippi News. At supertalk.fm
17: okay what we do next keep
1: it moving buddy you can be a part of sports talk mississippi 808-8637 on super talk mississippi
2: Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. So uh, don't you love it when the NCAA does something that makes all the sense in the world? And uh, maybe not all the sense in the world, but it makes a lot of sense given the current landscape we're in. And then on the exact same day does something that so, is so insanely stupid that you can't even wrap your mind around it.
3: Feels like a pretty typical day in the life of
2: the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, just, just kind of, just can't help themselves, right? I don't know if you saw this story or not today. I, I sent it to Borky earlier. It's included here. Um, the NCAA doesn't like that a select group of journalists. Isn't Matt Zenitz one of them? He's yeah. one who seems to have unfettered access to names as they come into the transfer portal. The NCAA is cracking down. Jeff Goodman tweeted today, been told the NCAA is going to track IP addresses for those in the transfer portal and come down hard on the coaches who have given their passwords to non-coaches. Here are some of the immediate responses to Jeff Goodman's tweet. Can we just get the video game back first? (laughs) Kudos to the NCAA for focusing on the real problems. Oh, hey, there it is. NCAA always focused on the critical stuff, like eradicating transparency whenever possible. The NCAA cares more about the integrity of the portal than the integrity of some of its coaches. The NCAA is acting like Netflix when they find out you shared your password with your friends and family. Thank you, NCAA, for your bravery, once again. As always, the NCAA with its finger on the pulse of the day's most pressing issues. Great use of time. Well done, NCAA. Important things. Mark Emmert is big mad. Hand raised guy had the day off. <laughs> I just
9: yeah, keep I just,
4: wondering what what's it going to take.
3: It's losing money.
4: But we know that, actual. Th- we know that we there. There's billions left on the table now.
2: What's
3: it
4: uh, going not, that's, not, that's, not that's, to not to
2: mention the fact that they didn't have an insurance policy big enough to cover the losses for the tournament being canceled.
3: Then those those are things that'll ha- and they'll they'll disguise it as. You know, wasn't committed to diversity or wasn't progressive enough with its agenda. But at the end of the day, if, if they, they would lose money, that's why
4: they would make changes. They, but, and that's the only reason. I mean, Will Wade's still bringing in high profile players, and yet they're cracking down on the transfer portal access. Like, that's affecting anything at all. You will now get punished more for giving someone access to the database of the transfer portal, then North Carolina got punished for having athletes take fake classes to remain eligible. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not a single... I mean, I, I'm sure they can't, but what are they going to do? Kick you out? But I, I cannot believe still to this day you have not seen an administrator or school or conference really actually take real shots at the NCAA, not in the legal documents with, we disagree with the penalties that were levied against us. No, for one coach to be like, hey, this is really stupid. They limit our ability to do a lot of things here. College sports should be growing faster than it is. They limit us in access. They limit us financially. They, everything they do is a failure. And at the end of the day, the kids are the ones that suffer the most from the NCAA's failure. Nobody says that. And time and time again, we get the North Carolina thing. Fake classes. Doesn't matter. Will Wade still coaching at LSU. They completely bungled the name, image, and likeness deal. We're now Congress because everybody knows that the United States government and Congress is definitely going to get this one Right. Because they get so much else right in our lives that they're g- definitely going to get college sports right. And Mark Emmert potentially lost billions in a botched television deal. And not a single person's willing to say, these are not the people that should be managing college sports anymore. It's just us, it's just the only, select media. The only people. thing that matters to the schools
3: is the last thing you said is the loss of the money. No, but nothing else matters. And I mean, if, that, if I can't convince you of that, I know you believe it, but I'm saying if you can't be convinced of that, well, then you live in a fantasy world. All the schools care about is how much money they're going to make. They don't really care about the sanctity of the game. They don't care about the welfare of the student-athlete. They care about how much money is coming into the school every year. As long as Mark Emmert was riding that gravy train home, they were perfectly content to let him get up there and look like an idiot. Now that they found out that their billions of dollars have been lost, hey, maybe we ought to talk about. It. And of course, they'll form several subcommittees, and they'll have some consultants come in, and everybody else can make some money too. And then they'll figure out a way to get rid of him. And I'm sure he'll be fired, and he'll get a buyout of twenty million dollars and a house in, you know, Tahiti, and we can all just move
2: on with our lives. I'm going to do something I rarely, no, not rarely, that I never do. For a brief moment, I'm going to defend Mark Emmert. It will be brief. Because I think Mark Emmert is about the biggest schmuck of all the schmucks in college athletics.
3: You're off to a good start defending
2: him. And I think he's out of touch. And I think he does not have a firm grasp on reality. (laughs) And yet, yet, Mark Emmert's hands, to a large degree, are tied by the pinhead university presidents who are even more out of touch than he is, who have lived their entire life in the fantasy land, and the fantasy world, that is high-end academia. Now, please, if you are a teacher or if you are a professor, don't take that as a shot at you unless you need to take it as a shot. But if you need to take it as a shot, you're not going to recognize it, and if you don't, you know I'm not talking to you. Does that make sense? It does. Most of them like, like if you got your with head, what you're saying. So. If you've got your head stuck so far up .edu world's rear end that you don't know what I'm talking about, then I'm talking about you, and I don't care if you don't like it or not. But if you're a level-headed professor or teacher, you know I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about high-end academia, where you think the be-all, end-all of life and the world is research and scholarship. You think that's what the real world is. The people who say, no, you can't teach because you don't have an advanced degree. It doesn't matter how real, how much real-world and real-life experience you could bring to the table. No, those are the people that I'm talking about. And so the pinhead lifelong academicians... Is that really how who, you pronounce that word? ...who are actually Mark Emmert's boss are every bit as guilty and to blame... For the thick-headedness of the NCAA, as Mark Emmert himself himself, here's the problem. The problem with Mark Emmert is he doesn't have the ability to lead. When you slide into that position, Miles Brand was the previous, rest his soul. Director of the NCAA. Former university president of, at Indiana. Generally respected. His tenure wasn't perfect, but it was largely good. But he had the ability to lead. And he understood how the real world and the academic world and the athletics world had to work together. And so he was able to speak the language of the university presidents and lead them and bring them along in the initiatives that needed to be active, needed to be acted upon to make them feel like they were doing a very scholarly thing when it was probably the right business move or it was the right thing for academia. Mark Emmert doesn't have that ability. Athletics directors across the country think he is a bonehead. He's a moron. And he proves it on about a a once-a-three-week cycle. Pretty much every time he opens his mouth. The NCAA has to have somebody at the top who has the vision and the leadership skills to say, this is where we need to go to save this institution, and this is how I bring all of these academic presidential leaders who have to sign off on it along. And he needs to build committees and groups that understand how the two work together.
5: That's a big task. From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Ridgeland on 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Call 601-605-4443 for all of your glass needs. An accident has been reported at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. Right Lane is blocked northbound. Expect delays and use caution when driving through that area. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-5217.
23: are you ready for what is possibly the last lawnmower you will ever buy? If so, then you are ready for an XMARC. This is David Frederick with Frederick Sales and & Service. And if you're ready, now is the time to take advantage of special XMARC pricing and special XMARC financing. With 0% financing and payments that won't start for 150 days. That's five months before your first payment and still Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment. Serving Central Mississippi since 1993.
9: It's a madness sale. We're back on the lot. The deals are astounding. Really? Stop the noise. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. It's what they're all about. Come see Steve Owen and the friendly staff and find a quality pre-owned vehicle with financing available and a warranty. Pinnacle Motors on Highway 463 in Brandon at the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors.
1: with everything you need to take on your day wake up with gallo tomorrow on 97.3 fm super talk mississippi
0: can you feel it
1: can you hear it sports talk mississippi yeah on super talk mississippi
2: and Oxford, did Richard Google the way to pronounce that? Is that really how you pronounce that word? Academician? Yes.
3: Yeah. I'm asking. I don't know.
2: I'm reasonably confident that that's correct. I mean, you're right. welcome to, like, Google the pronunciation. You know what?
3: I'm going to go with you on this, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just going to let it slide.
2: Um... Quinn said, how do you not love Will Wade? He's giving the NCAA the three stooges, two fingers, in the eyes move. Love that dude. Borky. was that your response?
4: Yeah. I mean, if I were LSU, I'd keep riding with him. I mean, why not? Why not?
2: Is, is, I mean, he, the, He's going to eventually get bucked off the horse, but until the NCAA throws him off, why, at this point, why?
4: But even then, I mean, much like Kansas and Bill Self... Although, I'm not advocating giving Will Wade a lifetime contract because even Alabama should not give Nick Saban or Clemson should not give Dabo Sweeney a lifetime contract. You can eventually become bad at your job. But anyway, I mean, what's the NCAA going to do? They give, I mean, two, three postseason bans? Somebody's got to coach you through it. I mean, show causes, okay. But, correct me if I'm wrong... If Will Wade gets a show cause, he can remain the coach at LSU, correct?
3: Yeah, he just can't
4: recruit. Can't recruit, can't do anything off campus. And can coach on game
2: day, run practices. Get to
4: work, Bill Armstrong. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's probably not a plausible scenario. But Kansas appears to be willing to go down that road. Point is... Don't hate the player, hate the game, right? I don't blame LSU for not firing Will Wade. I blame the NCAA for not forcing LSU to fire Will Wade. There's a
2: difference. How how about Bill Self? Jeff Long, exit stage right. He goes straight to the president. We really got to redo my contract to protect me on this thing. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Lifetime. Boom, you're
4: good. Wait, what?
2: Huh?
4: That's so stupid.
3: Tanya. Next time I want to negotiate something with SuperTalk, I need to a get his agent and b replace the people who work at SuperTalk with athletic directors.
4: Oh, but see, Kansas didn't have. we we'll be that rolling, Was the president boys. of the university that gave that? They don't. They didn't I'm have sorry, an agent yeah. at the time.
3: Then, then an academician or whatever it was that uh it was close. Yeah. well done.
4: Bill, Bill Self took advantage of somebody that did not need to be giving out contracts. That's what happened. It was the assistant to the president? You know what's fascinating. Jeff Long had a
2: pristine reputation in college athletics but then. he was he was the chairman he was the wasn't he the inaugural chairman of the college football playoff selection committee I believe I believe that is correct yeah. for, for multiple years and then Arkansas boards of trustees and power brokers in the state in both northwest Arkansas and in Little Rock decided they wanted to get rid of Brett Bielema. And Jeff Long said, no, no, that's my job. We're not getting rid of Brett Bielema. And they said, hey, wait out there in the hallway for a minute. Like, literally, wait out there in the hallway. Sit in that chair. We're going into executive session. And then they voted to fire him. And then they fired Brett Bielema. And then he gets the job at Kansas and he hires a guy that he's known for 30 years and less miles. That he didn't he... really do the necessary due diligence. And then they fired him again. I mean, from kind of top of the mountain in the college athletics world to yesterday's news. Never know how it's I'd a fairly to go, precipitous man. fall. Yeah. You want to be part of the conversation? You can do so on the C Spire text line 601 879 4395. I'm going to throw out a question that I think, and it's something I've been mulling over. And I and I, I bounced it off of Borky, and then I kind of modified the question. This is where we're going for the college football fix today. Is it more fun, and we'd love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line, is it more fun to be a status quo fan of Alabama? And you know what status quo for Alabama is. I mean, it's a national championship, what, two out of four years? Certainly two out of five. And it's an SEC championship just about every year. And not a lot of drama. You're going to get the best class, you know, best recruiting class three out of five years, four out of five years. But the season's kind of boring. Is it more fun to be a status quo Alabama fan or a fan of an ascendant Ole Miss or Mississippi State? Think on that. And we'll discuss it when we come back for the college football fix. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad with you on this Wednesday afternoon. We'll be right back.
1: This is powered by your tree professional at the Lone Street Pro 84601-345-89FM.
20: News, I'm Rich Dennison. A day after resigning, the officer who fatally shot 20-year-old Dante Wright during a traffic stop in suburban Minneapolis faces charges. Former Brooklyn Center officer Kim Potter has been arrested. She will face second-degree manslaughter in the shooting death Sunday of Dante Wright. He was shot after police pulled him over. Police say Potter grabbed her gun by mistake, intending to use a taser to subdue Wright during a scuffle. Fox's Gernal Scott. American Airlines is expecting a strong summer for travel as as more people get their coronavirus vaccinations.
22: American has already been adding flights in the U.S. and to Mexico and the Caribbean. It's planning 150 new routes this summer. It expects to offer more than 90% of pre-pandemic flights and seats within the U.S. and 80% internationally.
20: Fox's Ginny Casola, America is listening to Fox News.
6: Smith Marine has killer boat deals on sale now. Featuring Crest Pontoons and Suzuki Motors. Offering thousands of new boats right now along with Suzuki Specials. This is the best time to buy your new or used boat. You'll never find a better deal. Smith Marine, 149 Harbor Drive, Main Harbor Marina in
14: Ridgeland. I'm Stephen Gagliano and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The risk of developing a rare blood clot from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is one in a million. This according to State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs who does urge you to monitor your symptoms just in case. Severe headaches, severe abdominal pain, leg pain or shortness of breath,
6: within three weeks of the Johnson & Johnson, please call your physician or clinic.
14: So far, six American women, none in Mississippi, have developed the blood clot with one death. For more, visit supertalk.fm. And attorneys general in 22 states, including Mississippi, are opposing legislation to make Washington, D.C. a state.
22: In a letter to the president, the attorneys general say the legislation is unconstitutional and any change must be done as a constitutional amendment. letter also states that any such move to make Washington, D.C. a state would create an elite ruling class with unparalleled power and federal access compared to the existing 50 states in the union.
14: CARES Act funding will help the effort to bring tourism back to the coast as we emerge from the pandemic. The U.S. Department of Commerce has awarded $2 million to the Mississippi Gulf Coast Regional Convention and Visitors Bureau to both develop and implement a tourism recovery marketing campaign in response to the economic downturn that resulted from the pandemic. The funds were celebrated by Mississippi Senate delegation saying that it will lay the groundwork for renewed prosperity. And if you try to buy or sell real or synthetic urine after July 1st, it'll be against the law.
22: The urine bill was passed by the legislature and signed into law by the governor on Friday. It makes it a crime to sell, transfer, market, or give away urine for the purpose of tampering with a human urine sample for a chemical test. A first offense is punishable by a $1,000 fine and up to six months in jail. For all things Mississippi, check us out online at supertalk.fm. This Sunday, April 18th at 2.30 p.m., Grammy Museum Mississippi will host a screening of Bluebird the Movie, a documentary about the legendary listening room in Nashville that launched the careers of countless songwriters. A moderated Q&A after the movie will include Bluebird Cafe founder Amy Curlin along with the original Women in the Round songwriting group featuring Grammy Award-winning songwriters Kathy Matea, Ashley Cleveland, Karen Staley, and Trisha Walker. Tickets are $20 and are available at grammymuseumms.org.
8: To good things with me, Rebecca Turner, it's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson
17: 97.3. Hey, guys! What, what the heck are you doing?
1: Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi.
2: Talk Hour with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week. Almost the entire first hour of the show was college baseball. We recapped last night's game games in Starkville and Oxford. Tough one for Southern Miss last night, losing 4-0 to South Alabama, 0-3 against the Jags this season. That would have been a uh, certainly a good win for Southern Miss if they had been able to swing it the other way, but uh, they finished in second place in that game last night, and uh, that is not nearly as much fun. So uh, not only did we do that, we looked ahead to the uh, the week end that is upcoming, and boy is it a big one Um, coming up in Starkville. If you missed any of it, you can always go back on the uh, podcast, the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, And listen in its entirety, and don't forget about the Rebel Report, hosted by Michael Borky, Thunder and Lightning, with Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. And is that all of them, Borky? Well, I do a morning live stream now as well. you got the morning live stream that you can check out with Borky on Facebook, and you put a link to it
4: on Twitter, don't you? Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, yes, sir. YouTube as well. Got a lot going on, Bork. I know I would add more, but it's an extra like twenty bucks a month on this program, and I don't really have that. So <laughs> we're gonna stick to three platforms for now. <laughs> that
2: sounds like a it uh, sounds like a good plan for the time being. You want to be part of the show? You can do so. Ceasefire text line bull. There's a lot of it in wireless, but Ceasefire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says. So here's the real deal: the best plan for one or two lines, forty-five dollars each, with auto pay and paperless billing. No bull. Ceasefire. Com. Time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. Then mosey on down to your local Mississippi Ford dealer. And get behind the wheel of the 2021 Ford F-150. It is newly redesigned, and it is spectacular. I will give you a warning in advance. Once you do that, once you test drive the 2021 F-150, you're going to want to buy it and if you're like me, you might not be in a spot where you need to buy it right now, and so you kind of do that thing where every time you pass one on the road, you go, I want one of those. Mm, I want one of those. You'll get one eventually. Maybe it's today. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's down the line a little bit, but you really got to check them out. 2021 F-150 is spectacular. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. So here's the question. This just kind of came out of nowhere, riding along in my not-2021 F-150, a little bit older than that, uh, and was thinking today, randomly thinking about college football, and I thought, huh, is it fun to be an Alabama fan? And I'm sure if you're an Alabama fan, the answer is yes. But then I got to think, okay, well, how can we expand on this? And so I asked Workey earlier, I said, is it more fun to be an Alabama fan, or an Ole Miss or Mississippi State fan. And he said, well, I mean, that honor. And so we modified the question. Is it more fun to be a status quo Alabama fan, where you know what you're going to get, you're not going to win the title every year, but you're going to be in the running every year, you're going to recruit at a really high level, and you're going to be bored out of your mind at 11 of your 13 football games. Or 15 or 14 or whatever the number is. Or is it more fun to be a fan of Ascendant moving in the right direction, climbing the ladder, excited about the future, Ole Miss slash Mississippi State? Is the question a reasonable one or are we wasting our time?
3: Um, it's a reasonable so, question. a reasonable question. But, I mean, I would say this. I would say like Mississippi State and Ole Miss fans, we suffer heartbreak, right? There are times when you lose a game and it just hurts, right? I think Alabama fans, they only suffer anger. They're never heartbroken about a loss. They're just mad they lost. They're just furious. There's no, gosh, we were so close and we'll get them next time, or whatever it is. It's just... I can't fire everybody, that guy sucks, kick him off the team kind of, of talk.
4: I, I shared this story with you during, a, during the break, Richard, but uh, I went to a, an Alabama game a few years ago, but uh, knew a guy whose family was all Alabama, grew up an Alabama fan, uh, went and stayed with him for a weekend in Tuscaloosa on, on, on game day, game weekend, And they set up a big tailgate in front of their yard. 30, 40 people or so were there. All Alabama fans except for me and my buddy Joe. That was it. And we got to talking about stuff like that. You know, is this even fun for you? Like, it's game day. None of them even really seemed to care. Like, they weren't excited. I mean, yeah, everybody was drinking. Music was playing. They had the grill going. But you know how you get a feeling when you walk in the Grove or around the junction and everybody's just fired up, man? Like, hey, it's football day. Let's go. I got none of that vibe there. And that's not the only time I've been to Tuscaloosa. Every time I've been there, with the exception of an LSU game, I didn't go to the game. I was just in town. I got that vibe. Yeah, whatever. It's just just another day. We're going to win by 40. Doesn't really matter. And, yeah, it's easy for us to say because everybody listening, unless you're an Alabama fan... Uh, are a fan of a team that does not perpetually win championships for the last 15 years. So it's easy for us to say, oh, that sounds boring, but it ca- it came from them. They said, man, you know, we get excited for a game or two a year. But, except for 2015, I suppose, but when Ole Miss is in town, whatever. I mean, we know we're going to win by a lot. We'll leave at halftime. When Arkansas is here, it doesn't matter. I mean, we're not excited. Better. They can't beat us, so who cares That's the kind of mentality they've got with all but two of their games every year. That has to be boring. What you're talking about
2: was one of the coolest things um, to experience in 2015. 2014 to a certain degree, but especially 2015 as it pertained to Ole Miss football. So... Ole Miss had the the good team in 14, but it was the one that overachieved a little bit and ended up in the Peach Bowl. They beat Alabama for the first time. But the next year, basically everybody coming back, a lot of talent, the, the whole this is the year, maybe they're winning the West, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They obviously didn't. But that was the first time where I had ever gone with Ole Miss where it felt like, the opposing team's fan base knew that they had to do their part. Like Normally you go to LSU and it's rocking because it's Saturday night, but it doesn't rock the same way when Ole Miss is in town as it does when they host Florida or as when they host Alabama. 2015, it did because Ole Miss went in there as a top-five team. Ole Miss went to Gainesville. And the Swamp had been flat for a while. That was when Will Greer was the quarterback and Jim McElwain was the coach. And, dude, the Swamp was right on that night. Like, it was, who Texas A&M is weird. It's different. It was big and it was loud. But, but experiencing LSU and Florida like that was a different way of having ever experienced them. Uh, sorry, that was kind of a branch from the original question. That's all right. M- most of the last decade, I've been to the SEC championship game. I think I've missed it twice. And the majority of the times that I've been there, Alabama's been there. And there's this expectation level that Hey Dad was kind of talking about you know, the anger. If they lose, they're just going to win. You just show up and you're going to win. And I'm sure that's really, really cool. And the national championships, you know it's awesome. But it's just the same thing over and over and over. And Alabama fans, for the last decade, have not gotten to experience the anticipation of, we're climbing the mountain and trying to get to the top. It's like And when you're going a- through that process, it's pretty cool.
3: It's like playing a video game on a lower level. At some point, you're just playing just because you're just playing. You, you, you're not winning, you know. You're not doing it. It's just like I'm just winning all the time. I'm getting all the five star recruits. I'm winning the national title on the Heisman every year, and it's kind of fun, you know. I like playing the game, but you know, up your difficulty or
4: something at some point, you stop accomplishing things. It's like the yeah. kid that's really smart, like two grades above what's actually being taught, and he's just drawing on his desk all day. Eventually, but, knowing everything and being the smartest or the best, kind of gets old. We say all that though. I would love to try it for a few years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
3: you
2: give it a go. It might be fun. I'm not saying it's not worth a try. Just I'll jump in the pool to see what happens. Hey, we got a bunch of your responses. We'll get to when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi.
5: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Ridgeland on 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Call 601-605-4443 for all of your glass needs. An accident has been reported at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. Right Lane is blocked northbound. Expect delays and use caution when driving through that area. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-5217.
12: Ben Nelson Golf & Outdoor is now offering easy-go units with maintenance-free elite lithium batteries and an unprecedented 8-year warranty with unbeatable energy efficiency. Only at Ben Nelson Golf & Outdoor. Exit 114 in Glockstead or online at bennelson.com.
22: Turning 65 or new to Medicare? Get a $0 premium Medicare plan. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Humana can help making getting care more affordable with our $0 premium plans. You'll enjoy all the benefits you've come to expect and more. Your dollar already has enough to do. Helping you with the budget is only right. To learn more, call 601-605-5130 to speak to your local Humana sales agent.
0: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday
6: nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
1: Hey, let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Don't hurt yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: How you you guys will get a kick out of this? Curious how people are feeling in uh, the land of the New York Yankees right about now. Hopefully, sad. Well, guy that covers the Yankees tweeted this: new podcast is out and everything sucks. This team can't hit, pitch non bullpen, or run the bases properly. Three big issues, I'd say. Jay Bruce continues to play for some godforsaken reason. Most importantly, these games are
4: unwatchable. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln... At least they won a bunch of World Series before most of the players were born. That counts for something.
3: I'd rather be a fan of the Dodgers or of an ascendant Yankees team, Richard.
2: <laughs> well, the ascendancy seems to be plateauing just a bit. <laughs> Hey, we've been talking Giants about the ascendancy for eight a few and four. years, right?
3: Yeah, Giants but, are 8-4. First time over, 500, over four games over 500 in like three years. Braves are not playing particularly
2: well early either.
4: That's a shame. <laughs> okay. What were you going to say, Bort? Oh, there is something to the ascension piece, though. I was thinking about this during the break. One, we got a few texts. One from an Alabama fan that says, Yeah, starting in 2009, that was a lot of fun, but it has... Uh, plateaued, as you, as you said. I remember Clemson people. When Dabo had them winning championships early in that existence, there was a level of excitement and energy that I've never felt or seen before from anywhere else. I, I was just very close to it, obviously. They've even since already started, now eh, whatever, And it it hurts that they play in the ACC and their schedule is absolute garbage. They get up for one or two games a year now. They used to just be living in the moment and everything was great. Yeah. I I read something this morning. It was about Baker Mayfield and his pressure. How awesome do you think Browns fans feel right now? I, I mean, think about that. They spent years being just the butt of every single joke in the NFL. Incompetence. One-win seasons. No-win seasons. Terrible weather. I mean, everything. And now, I mean, they just signed Clowney today. They're attractive to free agents. They've got a great football team and a good coach. I don't think a Patriots fan, after the first or second Super Bowl under Brady, felt like a Browns fan does right now. There is something to that. Those people, we got one down the hall in Steven Gagliano. What they're feeling right now Alabama fans haven't felt since 2009. There's no way you can replicate the rags-to-riches story and the feeling when you're in the middle of that.
23: Yeah.
4: I think winning big
2: um, gives you a sense of entitlement. And to me, the most incredible thing about Nick Saban is he's always been able to avoid any sense of complacency. I like mean, lost a few games along the way. It's only a few. They've never been complacent. They've never he played that way. when challenges. they've lost. They've gotten beat. Yeah,
3: he creates his own challenges. You know, he he uses the media for stuff like that. But you know, he also he had to change offenses. So he made, that made he made that a challenge. Can I can I adapt? And he he's done it.
2: Yeah. Uh, All right, some of your responses. Vance says, all right, guys, got family in T-Town who are lifelong Tide fans. We as Mississippi fans want to win. They expect to win. Was with them for both Rebel wins in 14 and 15, and yes, they were mad. Brian and Laurel, uh, 2009 was definitely more fun. He says, the early part of this Bama dynasty was definitely more fun, and the big games are the only fun ones anymore. Roll Tide, and yes, I have season tickets. Okay. Okay. All Miss and State fans could not handle that elite status. After all we have been through, he, he uh, Corey in Cleveland also says you and State more drama. Cardiac kids. Honestly, though,
4: do you know a fan base that handles being great well? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know what you mean. I don't know a fan base. Yeah. I mean, talk to an Alabama fan. They That's think part that... of it. That's part of being great, though, is you get yeah. to have the arrogance
2: of it. Jeff in Oxford says Remember the Bama fans leaving the stadium in the third quarter in 2015 because they were losing to Ole Miss? That's how they respond. There's a lot of game left at that point, <laughs> and a lot happened. Brian um, says I feel sorry for Bama fans. They never have to have hope.
3: Huh. Feels like Shawshank Redemption, you know. Hope, hope is a dangerous thing.
2: What you guys are talking about now is the same thing that Nick Saban complains about every single week: fans not showing up and supporting the team throughout the entire game. Yeah, I mean, he but he went you,
4: after the students. Yeah, but can you blame them? I mean, that's the thing, Coach. Like, you want your students to stick around when you're beating UT Martin's face in? I mean, what do you want them to do? You you've got Arkansas in there, and you scored on your first five possessions, and they can barely move the football. I mean, they could go get a beer. That's not going to cost them twenty dollars down the street, and and go you know chase girls or chase boys and like have and get out of the heat. Yeah, so maybe maybe keep the game closer. They'll stick around, coach.
3: it's, It's tough to convince somebody to sit there. In 95 degree heat with a 90% humidity and watch just an absolute beat down I mean I get it
2: let's talk about how some grads of state and Ole Miss are Bama fans SMH hashtag week
4: it's true there's something I've noticed around here even like for example I've got two dogs and a cat so I got to go to the pet store sometimes and you'll see the display of like pet costumes you would think we were in Alabama. Seriously. I mean, there's as many Alabama and LSU ones as there are Ole Miss and Mississippi State around here.
3: Come, come stay today in Columbus and see how many Alabama fans there are versus State and Ole Miss. State is a distant second in Columbus, and Ole Miss is even more distant third at that point.
2: Wait, you said State is a distant second in Columbus to Alabama? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Haven't worked there a few years? Yeah. A lot wow. more Alabama fans. Yeah. Uh, here's one. I
2: there's there's nothing the exciting about your team demolishing the competition year after year. Fact. Most Alabama fans. Uh, I'm not gonna read that one. I don't like that one. No, don't read that one. Uh, Bama fans are unbearable, win or lose. Well, I'm, I haven't yeah, I'm been not, around not, those not, losses. This before. is not intended to be a bash Bama deal. I mean, like it's a legitimate question. Uh, Bama fan, because they get to see new players doing it, not like watching Tom Brady win over and over. That's from Benny and Starkville.
4: Uh, I don't. It's the same thing. I mean,
3: really, from McElroy to McCarran to Sims to Coker to to Hurts to Tua to Mac Jones, there's no difference yeah. in these guys. It's the same guys every year.
4: I wouldn't be excited that we won the national championship, but it's a different quarterback this time, so now I'm through the roof. No.
2: Ascendant fan while it lasts. 2014-15, for example, riding all-time highs, beating the mighty gumps of Tuscaloosa. <laughs> His words, not mine. Cover of Sports Illustrated, etc. Then, turn around and lose to Memphis, or get blown out by TCU on the national stage. But being a fan of the national national prominent Bama, Clemson, etc., I feel that doesn't have the same pop as being the fan of an up-and-comer. I think the whole being a fan of an Ascendant program... Hey, Dad, you used the word heartbreak earlier. Yeah. It has the element of heartbreak, which almost makes the highs that you have along the way that much sweeter. Because you know how much it hurts when you get close. I mean, take the... Take the 2015 season, for example, for Ole Miss. I mean, that is a season that rolled in one, had the highest of highs, and maybe the lowest of low ever. Right? A win in Tuscaloosa. A loss with a trip to the SEC championship game for the first time ever hanging in the balance on the you-couldn't-do-it-again-if-you-tried-a-thousand-times-Hunter-Henry play. And then a win over Mississippi State. And a trip to the Sugar Bowl. And a win in the Sugar Bowl. And while people will never necessarily let go of how painful the loss to Arkansas was, I don't think people would trade that Super Bowl win in New Orleans. There are a lot of people. You're going to think I'm crazy for this. There are a lot of people that winning that game in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans is a far better memory than losing in a playoff game would have been. It may sound crazy, But I I genuinely believe that's a true statement. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be back.
9: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Solander. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 90% chance of rain, high near 70 degrees. Tonight, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, low around 53. Your Thursday, a 20% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 70 degrees. And for your finally Friday, 40% chance of showers, cloudy skies, high near 66. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon.
10: Here's Uncle Si.
14: What's the biggest bug you've ever seen in your life?
10: Well, that would be me and a bunch of soldiers when we was in Vietnam fighting the war. We run into a herd of Oriental cockroaches and they all weighed about 30 pounds. We actually had a firefight with them for about two hours. They were trying to overrun us. If you want the real story about pest control, call Havard Pest Control Incorporated, the professional bug exterminator.
7: The name to trust for over 65 years. At Havard Pest Control, the difference is clear. At Havard Pest Control, their number one goal is customer satisfaction. Havard understands that everyone's pest control needs are different. That's why they offer a wide variety of services to protect your home against all kinds of pest and termite invasions. When it comes to keeping your home and family safe against all kinds
9: of pests, trust Havard. Havard pest Control. Visit havardpest.com or call 601-936-0309, 601-936-0309.
5: Does
11: your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Acoustic Wave Treatment Center offers an affordable non-surgical solution through Acoustic Wave Therapy. The beneficial effects of Acoustic Wave Therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Call today to schedule your appointment. 601-944-5585 or go to AcousticWaveMS.com.
5: the new degree of comfort.
14: I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Supertalk Mississippi News. The risk of developing a rare blood clot from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is one in a million. This according to state health officer, Dr. Thomas Dobbs, who does urge you to monitor your symptoms just in case. Severe headaches, severe abdominal pain, Leg pain or shortness of breath.
6: Within three weeks of the Johnson Johnson, please call your physician or clinic.
14: So far, six American women, none in Mississippi, have developed the blood clot with one death. For more, visit supertalk.fm. And attorneys general in 22 states, including Mississippi, are opposing legislation to make Washington, D.C., a state.
22: In a letter to the president, the attorneys general say the legislation is unconstitutional and any change must be done as a constitutional amendment. The letter also states that any such move to make Washington, D.C. a state would create an elite ruling class with unparalleled power and federal access compared to the existing 50 states in the Union.
8: Twilight concerts at Renaissance are back live Saturday, April 24th starring the Almond Bets Band with G-Love and Special Sauce. Taz Niederauer, Cedric Burnside, The Vamps, and more—it's a full day of music presented by Wicked Wheat Brewery for this socially distanced concert. Listen carefully. Tickets are on sale now land.net twilight concerts at renaissance are here from nukes eatery renaissance at colony park and first commercial bank tickets are on sale now produced by ratchet entertainment group and
1: Ardenland. No other news team covers the Magnolia State like Super Talk Mississippi News. On air with reports every hour and breaking news as it happens. Your news all the time, on air and online at supertalk.fm. Gallo. Gallo. Shapiro. Shapiro. And now Bongino. Gino. So what's up? If you want to work at Super Talk, your name's got to end at an O. Dan Bongino. It may make you feel good. Tonight at 11 on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: If you guys saw this today, some uh, proposed rule changes for college basketball for next year. So, walk, walk through these and tell me if you like them. Widen the lane to 16 feet. I that's like that. a FIBA thing, so whatever. Yeah, d- whatever. What would be about.
4: the intention behind, like, why? Why would they? What does that help?
2: I don't know. (laughs) Moving on. I'm sure there's somebody that can give you a really good answer, but I mean, it's what the NBA has for the width of its lane, and it's what FIBA's rules are. College basketball has the more narrow lane. Right? Yes. Reset team fouls at the 10-minute mark of each half and begin double bonus on the fifth team foul of each 10-minute segment. This would eliminate the one-and-one free throw.
3: Why not just
4: have... You know what other people call that? Quarters. Quarters. But it's a step in the right direction. It It eliminates the 11 minutes of bonus free throws for the rest of a game. That's what should happen. Players making plays should decide a game, not players taking their time shooting free throws. just, Just
3: call it split the game into quarters like everybody else does.
2: But I'm with you. I mean, however you want to do it you're accomplishing the same thing and if college basketball wants to be unique in that it plays 20 minute halves but they've reset the foul situation that sounds good now do you do it at the first dead ball after the 10 minute mark or does it automatically like you wipe the fouls while the ball is being dribbled? You just reset the, right yeah you know, once it when it when it goes from 10 to 959 um, allow laptops tablets or similar devices in the bench area for coaching purposes. Welcome sure. to 2021. I don't see why that would be a problem. This one's complicated. Adopt a modified six-foul rule with provisions. It is not just you get six fouls. More simply would be if you just got six fouls. Here are the provisions. A player may not commit more than three personal, or technical fouls in any one half, penalty is disqualification. So you get a third foul, you got to sit. Because if you stay in in the first half and pick up a fourth foul, you're done. But you could absolutely play with three fouls in the first half. A player may commit three personal or technical fouls in the first half and three in the second half in this case. Uh, In this case, the player is allowed six fouls before being disqualified. A player may commit two personal or technical fouls in the first half and would then be disqualified on his fourth foul in the second half. Total of six. A player may commit zero or one personal technical fouls in the first half and would be disqualified on the fourth personal foul in the second. It feels like it's all... Somebody's going to forget what's happening if you do all that.
3: Yeah, just, just make it six fouls. There's so many bad calls. Just give them an extra foul.
2: Award possession of the ball to the defense when they create a held ball situation.
3: Again, I, just do a jump ball.
2: Yeah. So, what is the, you don't think that slows it down too much? Because you get a bunch of held balls in college basketball, you don't in the NBA,
3: especially in women's college basketball. But I, I, I get what you're saying. But no, just do a jump ball. The uh, because I don't know, I don't agree with that. Just do a jump ball. <coughs>
4: what? What is? Why does college basketball do the possession arrow instead of a true jump ball? If there's a tie-up? pace of play. Because there's so many tie-ups, but if they're concerned about pace of play, everything else they do harms pace of play. Like, why do they pick this one thing to? Uh, I mean, we'll let teams shoot 11 minutes of bonus free throws every other night, but they're working can't on Can't have a jump ball.
10: They're working on it.
4: Uh,
2: limit the number of timeouts that may be called by any one team in the last two minutes of the second period or of any overtime period to two. You can only call two minutes in the last two minutes of regulation or in overtime. We good right. with that? Yeah, sure. So you don't have as many stops and starts in the last two minutes of a game? You know how sometimes it takes right 20 minutes to play two minutes on the clock at the end? Uh, In the last two minutes of the second period or of any overtime period, allow instant replay review of potential shot clock violations when the shot is unsuccessful. I'm not sure I'm super fired up about adding more review. Eliminate the 10-second backcourt rule. I'm fine with that. I mean, take as long as you want to get it up the floor because you're only taking time off of your offensive possession on the other end. Permit the use of instant replay on all basket interference and goaltending calls throughout the game, but only when a call has been made by an official. Kind of like this one. Permit a team to decline free throws in the last two minutes of the last period or of any overtime period and elect possession of the ball for a throw-in instead. That feels like a significant change. Right? Let's say you're down three. I mean, this takes some serious strategy away. Down three and you get fouled? Instead of going to the free throw line, you could elect to throw it in from the sideline to still give yourself a chance for a three-point shot. What about up
3: five? That's like the only, uh, yeah, what, well, give me another example of where it would make sense.
2: Up five, the other team fouls you to put you at the line to try and get possession back, and instead of going to the free throw line, you instead elect to throw it in to try and burn more time off the clock.
3: It just feels like they would just keep fouling you. I guess you they have to at some point they would have run out yeah i I I gotta see it. I don't know, I'm sort of. Eh.
2: Eliminate offensive basket interference after the ball hits the ring or flange would make the rule consistent with the FIBA rule. Does that mean if the ball's hanging on the rim, you could swat it off? I don't know.
3: know.
2: Oh, how about this? Adjust the traveling rule to allow a player to take two steps after lifting his pivot foot, which would make moves such as the spin move, euro step, and step back shot legal.
3: It's already legal. It never just doesn't called. get
2: called very much. Yeah. Uh, eliminate but, the five second closely guarded rule.
3: No, five second call what? is five second call is a big part of strategy in late in games. Yeah. yeah.
2: Jeff and Grenada says, "How about the rule? Don't talk about basketball if we are six months or less from college football." <laughs>
3: it's a good rule.
2: Well, Somebody like, says it would eliminate the team up three with seven seconds to go, fouling the team to send them to the line. Yeah. David Tupelo says just make it an option for free throws or inbounds on every free throw foul. What's the downside, not just the last two minutes?
4: I <clears> mean, throat> throat> you get to decline penalties in football. Yeah. If worried about pace of play, they shouldn't go to.
2: Uh, they should go to four fouls instead of six. More cautious, less fouls, but with guys scared to foul, games would be even worse than it already is. Mike in Columbus says, "Hooray, Hackashack is back." Jeff says the lane size doesn't matter. They never call three-second violations anyway, except for that rare Very time rare. when they do. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I read some of those and thought that there was um. There was some interesting stuff there. Matt Norlander was the one that uh, that posted that earlier today. None of that really does anything for you? He said the one thing that's not there that should be is instituting a time limit on monitor reviews. That, it's that's it's become a plague a on end of game process. Limiting late game timeouts is a nice start. Putting the refs on a watch clock should be next.
3: Sixty seconds. If you can't make if you can't make the find it in sixty seconds, call stance.
4: Same thing in baseball. I mean, it it, be in baseball.
3: It should be in football too. If you have
2: one minute,
4: and they still can't get it right with all the time in the world. But the, the process of baseball of them, uh, uh, like when a coach requests a review in college baseball. Why do the umpires have to converse? Just go to the monitor. You, there's nothing to talk about. A review has been asked for. Go do the review. What are you guys talking about?
2: It's almost like they have to go pull their cards out and make sure that the play that's being requested for a review is reviewable. How about you just remember?
3: There's only like 10 of them.
2: Yeah. We get another one that uh, agrees with both of you guys. NCAA men's basketball should be four quarters, not two halves. Just like NBA and women's, and FIBA, and high school, and every other level of basketball on the planet. Sports Talk Mississippi will wrap it up with you next.
5: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Ridgeland on 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Call 601-605-4443 for all of your glass needs. No accidents or breakdowns to report at this time. Interstate 220 moving smoothly along with 55 and I-20. If you see any traffic problems, be sure to contact your local law enforcement. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-5216. 7
13: At Car Care Clinic, we are so thankful to our customers for supporting local business, and we're grateful for the essential workers who continue to serve. We are committed to your safety, and we're taking extra care of our customers during this time, providing services you can rely on so you can take care of your world. With one less thing to worry about, your vehicle is essential to daily life, so their service lanes are open to serve you, while guests are encouraged to remain in their vehicles during oil changes. Car Care Clinic is also taking extra precautions to ensure safety and cleanliness around their convenient locations so you can get the same rate service you depend on for brakes, alignments, tune-ups, check engine light diagnostics, tires, and their 28-point full-service oil changes. Visit CarCareClinicJetLube.com for more information on savings, coupons, and scheduling an appointment and more. When surrounded by uncertainty, you shouldn't worry about your vehicle. We'll get through this together. Car Care Clinic. We want to change your oil, not your schedule.
16: It's scary to be diagnosed with stage three rectal cancer at age 30. I was a new mom with a new job and a husband out of town when I found out. So I'm very thankful for St. Dominic's. I met with a different specialist every day for a week. And all of a sudden, I had an entire team of medical professionals coming together to save my life. And that's exactly what they did for me and my son. Thanks to St. Dominic's, I can be the
9: mom I always wanted to be. St. Dominic's,
8: skilled hands, compassionate
9: hearts. No drip roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051.
11: Hi, this is Dale Danks with Danks, Miller & Corey. With more than 100 years of combined experience, we have the expertise to handle even the most complicated matters. When you need a lawyer to fight for you, don't compromise. Contact us online at Danksmillercorey.com.
8: If you're an employer and need workers fast, be a part of the Million Dollar Job Fair in Biloxi, April 14th at Edgewater Mall. This is the most heavily promoted job fair of its kind, with limited space still available. If you need workers, email jobfair at supertalk.fm. That's jobfair at supertalk.fm. Join other premier businesses who are already registered. The Million Dollar Job Fair is coming April 14th to Biloxi. So don't wait as available space is limited at jobfair at supertalk.fm.
1: Your midday meeting place, The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi.
7: Say that again.
16: Please say
7: it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke completely inappropriate.
1: <laughs> on Super Talk Mississippi. Ah!
2: School record for home runs in a game at Arkansas is nine. I only tell you that because they have seven against Arkansas Pine Bluff through four innings. Matt Goodhart's got one. Brady Slavens has got two. Um, who is Smith at second base? Robert Moore is getting the day off, apparently. Uh, anyway. Pretty good day at the ballpark. And Arkansas has thrown, <laughs> Arkansas has thrown six pitchers through four innings <laughs> against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Get those innings in, guys. Starter went two. Second guy went an inning. Monk went a third of an inning. Wiggins walked a guy and they pulled him. <laughs> Coste, you got two outs, and they went to the bullpen again. Dave Van Horn has the shortest of short leashes ever, with regard to pitchers. Um, just a quick thought: we, we haven't really gotten much into NBA or uh, NBA NFL draft. We talked with Ryan Wilson last week from CBS Sports. It's a few updates, but not a bunch. Was he one of the ones, Borky, that updated um, Elijah Moore?
4: Or no? Uh, Kuiper has him going 22 to Tennessee. I know that was as of his latest yesterday morning.
2: It's still just strange to me. Yeah, um... (laughs) I still don't see Elijah Moore in the first 64 picks as projected by Ryan Wilson.
4: Is he polarizing among draft analysts? It appears to be the case, yeah. I mean, on one hand, it's a really deep receiver class, for sure. I mean, that's part of Elijah Moore's issue is there's a lot of other really good wide receivers in the class. Um. And some analysts I've I've read are really overlooking, underlooking, however you want to put it, his height. They are punishing him, but not Rondale Moore somehow, uh, yeah. who played in a worse conference. And anyway, um, <laughs> for being five foot nine. I, you know, don't don't
3: smack on Rondell Moore too much. Dane Bruegler's mock had him going to the Saints in the second round.
4: No, I, I would love all to have about him. that. I just don't understand why he is not knocked for his height, but Moore is. I don't understand that. I read one draft analyst that said that Elijah Moore is a raw route runner, which is laughable. I saw another one say that he's speedy and a downfield threat, but is not somebody that will take the top off the defense. I mean, who knows? There is a lot of confusion. I mean... Kuyper's, Except for the dozen times that he did. I, mean, I know, right? It's, it's crazy. Ask
3: but Zach Garnett if he can do that. He'll tell you.
4: Yeah. Um, I mean, the kid's a player. It, it just depends on who is... Uh, he's a need guy. So if you need a, a wide receiver one, I don't know if that's the guy you turn to, right? It's going to be a team that has a wide receiver in place that needs a complementary receiver. Tennessee being a great example. Not just because of the old misconnection, but A.J. Brown's a two-time 1,000-yard receiver now in the NFL. They need a number two. They don't have one right now. New Orleans needs a number two. They don't have one right now. They've got a one and a handful of threes and fours. With Emmanuel Sanders gone, they need a number two, preferably that will line up in the slot. Well, that's where Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore fit in. So it's all about fit and stuff like that. He's not a if-he's-there-you-take-him kind of guy for everybody.
2: Yeah. Is there any news out of spring practice in Starkville? It's pretty quiet, terrible. hasn't
3: it? Defense is terrible, other than that. According to Zach uh,
2: Arnett,
3: according to Zach Arnett. Um, you know, they had their second scrimmage this past Saturday. Uh, Jack Jack Abraham was probably the best quarterback uh, in that scrimmage. I thought he was anyway, just from the numbers that I've seen. But Will Rogers is still locked in. He had a good scrimmage, but Abraham was a little. Abraham had a had a much better second scrimmage than first scrimmage. Wally still looks good. You know the offensive guys are are still, you know they were able to get Tulu Griffin and and uh, Rufus Harvey out there for the first time this uh, spring. Is state so, done after Saturday? I, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure of that to be honest with you. I don't know if they have a couple of practices left or not. Something we can I'll have to ask Mike Leach on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, the big the big news of Saturday. I don't know if I told you this or not. And I I didn't go to the scrimmage because I had the kids and my wife was out of town. I didn't want to leave them for five hours. But they had in person interviews on the field with Mike Leach. No Zoom call. Mm. If I had known that, I told the kids, ah, fend for yourselves. You just didn't want to leave your chair in the television on Saturday. I did a lot of things with my kids on Saturday. We we we,
2: we went went around town a little bit. There you go. I like it. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. We'll be back with you tomorrow just after 3 o'clock. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Good night.